genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics today. I am your host, Adam Sheehan, and I am here today with your panel of co-hosts, Sean Batiste. What's up, everyone? KZ Crawford. Hello. And RJ Knight. Hello. As a courtesy, I want to remind everybody that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last books yet, we may ruin them for you. We will also do our best to catch you up on stuff you may or may not have read. Our top stories today are Powers of X, Five by Jonathan Hickman and R.B. Silva and Harleen Number One by Stefan Sedgwick. I sure, think we all agreed. Enough. Is that also it's Powers of Ten? Did I say Powers of X? You did. It's okay. It's okay. I Am still I call it Powers. A jerk. Because that's what it looks like in writing. So that's Hickman's fault. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, let's blame Hickman for that. I'm just gonna read what's on the teleprompter, you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So uh, so let's do uh, let's do top picks for the week. Sean, you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, all right. So my first one will be uh, Tommy Gun Wizards, number two, by Christian Ward, uh, and the art is by Sammy Cavella. I don't know how to do umlauts, so yeah. we're going to go with Cavella. Cavella. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just a quick plot of the book. Uh, 1930s-ish era prohibition with Elliot Ness and his, his peeps are fighting against uh magic instead oh, well, of they're alcohol fighting, they're fighting against al capone but al capone has magic yeah al capone has magic instead of booze this time <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is so um you kind of get a little background so you, you this uh on this one so you kind of find out um like a flashback you see a woman in red kind of somewhat goes into speakeasy with magic type of thing and brings this person to the back and is like hey you want to you want to know the secret of the lick well, she specifically brings like a protester. There's like a, a protester, bunch of like, yeah. like anti-magic people. Like magic like, is a sin, and she's like, "Hey, hey buddy, like, come on in, check this out." Uh, and Elliot Ness is there for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure. That's not really important. But she basically kind of is like, "Hey, do you want to know the secret?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, of course." And she whispers, "The toad," and then the ground literally just eats this dude. <laughs> if I Whoa. had a nickel for every time someone told me, yeah, <laughs> the secret of the lick was the toad. <laughs> So then it immediately cuts back to the last issue cutoff where Elliot Ness and his, his gang are like uh, are attacking a church because that's where they figure out where the drugs are coming from and like this huge battle ensues is happening and you see Elliot Ness go <laughs> arrives into the church on a motorcycle by going through the plate glass window <laughs> and just shooting people. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty intense it's pretty awesome. Like like gun like shootout. So, it's it's a good shootout. Yeah. So then that kind of happens. It settles down for a second. They're talking to the priest, trying to figure out what's going on. You see Al Capone kind of send him a message on the glass, just kind of being a show off saying, ha ha, I have magic. I'm going to do whatever I want. And then they send in like... Yeah, like his face literally, like the stained glass window like, morphs into his like, face. Like into his face. And, and then like he's like talking message. to them. Yeah. He's just like sitting at a car out front, but he's like, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay back here. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sends in some more cronies who are more magic users who uh, they're, they're, they're kind of like the main part of this book i think there's like the most of this book's like this big fight so there's four guys that they send in one of them um matchstick malone <laughs> which uses he uses lick to turn the ashes ashes of his dead mother into living fire so he's just shooting fire at people also his his sub headline is uh hothead yeah because his whole head is on fire it's on fire <laughs> and his name is matches yes, yes. Ma- ma- matchstick, matchstick malone or yes. matchstick <laughs> Um, then the next one is Terry tattoo. 
And <laughs> these he, are like Dick Tracy characters. Dude, they one hundred percent are. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it is. It fits perfectly into yeah. that vibe because of the era, and yeah. it's like it's perfect. Yeah, I'm not going to do my 1930s voice again, but it is that. It's coming. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, so his tattoos can come to life, and most of them, I think, he has are snakes, so they're like attacking people. Which uh, is a straight up from uh, uh, Ninja Scroll. I I, I got oh, yeah. Did the, not know that. There's a Ninja or Scroll. Electra or Electra. That, oh. oh God, I'm trying to forget that movie. Thanks for bringing that back. Well, <laughs> uh, the next guy is Barry the Bulk, and he kind of uses Lick to like just get bigger and bigger and bigger. He turns into the Hulk. Yeah, essentially. So he just eventually he's like walking towards the guy, and he just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And the guy's like, "Uh." The clothes are just crap. shredding off of him as he just like gets enormous. Yeah, and then <laughs> the next one's just Red Wizard, who's just like a magic guy. Like he has like spells and protection and stuff. So he's just like full on straight magic. Um, yeah, I think it says uh, a man made wholly of magic. Yeah. However that works on. Yeah, so they're kind of battling. They're battling. Um, it seems like they're kind of losing. Uh, and then Barry the Bulk kind of like falls down a pit with Elliot Ness. And they're like, he's got a, kind of got him cornered. And at that point, Elliot Ness um, is like, hey, I'm going to tell you a secret. He's like, what could you possibly want to tell me right now? <laughs> as I'm murdering you. As I'm trying about to, as I'm about to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I still use lick. He's like, why did you tell me that? It's like, cause I had to give you, I needed to share something that had a high enough burden, like a secret that was like big enough for this next spell to work. And then he like cast this spell and then the, the ground just eats him, just sucks him right down. And yeah. He's just gone. He manages to basically kill all of the, like yeah, the, give everyone the like leg up to kill the person they're fighting. Yeah. And then he pops back up, does another spell. Like the red wizard just like bursts into flame. Like, yeah. And he, so he's, pretty adept like he seems to be a pretty heavy magic user here even though he's fighting against the proliferation of said magic (laughs) (laughs) so it's very interesting uh, when it comes to that um so eventually uh there's another like mysterious figure not really quite sure he's working with or for capone i'm not quite sure he's like like right hand man bodyguard yeah i'm not quite sure if he's in charge or or of capone it seems like this dude's in charge and they're using capone but i'm not quite sure yeah you get that vibe from the first issue for sure so he kind of shows up and the priest you know they're trying to get information out of the priest of the church to figure out where the lick came from and all this and then this white dude kind of phantoms out of nowhere and just stabs him right in the chest and bam he's dead but he's I hate when that happens yeah and it's, he's like a he's like a ghost so he kind of like they try to shoot him and he's just not really there yeah, um he's clearly some kind of projection yeah. yeah and then so it's kind of they're like all right what are we gonna do now so the next panel you see um elliot nesho is at the morgue you see him whisper like a very similar spell they did before and revives the priest yeah just to resurrects find, him just long enough just to long like, enough to kind of talk to him and get some yeah. more information out of him um that's kind of what he's doing and then like on the flip side they kind of give you a glimpse into what that red woman from the earlier you kind of follow her back um i guess her name is candace and i guess her and elliot ness know each other you follow her back and she walks into this lair and this is kind of lame but <laughs> it's um, not lame at all it's so cool <laughs> there's just a giant toad and that they're like harvesting the lick off of the giant toad. <laughs> I was going to say that because I was like, wait, so they call it lick. She mentioned a toad. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a very powerful hallucinogenic that is secreted by certain toads that people lick off. And this and one all... apparently gives people magic. Yeah. It's and where it's, all the wizards come from. It's yeah. All, yeah. It's, it's like this underground, like deep, deep, deep underground lair and they're just harvesting the lick. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so that's are, some good stuff. That's <laughs> some great stuff. But yeah, the, the part when uh, when he resurrects the priest, the priest was like ab- about to confess something. He's like, oh no, Capone told me in the confessional, I have to tell you. And then oh, he gets right. murdered. And then so when he revives him, he's like, oh, the thing I had to tell you, uh, there's someone way worse than Capone and it's the chicken red. The and chicken that's red, when yeah. Ness is like, oh, it's Candace. <laughs> yeah. And Capone wants to take. Oh God, I yeah. know exactly who that is. Yeah, he's, so there's clearly he's just a, in Chicago now. They yeah. want to go worldwide. Yeah. But like it's, there's something else. He he's just seems to be like the he's the front. Capone's yeah. the front, and like the woman in red, and like the dude that killed the priest. They're like they're the one running the show. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And um, clearly, Ness has like a history with her, so I'm assuming yeah, they knew that, each other from the flashback. Yeah. So they, I don't know what the relationship is, but they know each other in some way. Mm-hmm. But then there's a couple panels after this, and it oh, says yeah, like I some time ago, in but like it a looks land futuristic. I don't know. That confused me. It kind of looks like it's another planet, but you kind of find out it's like, guys, someone's escaping. Someone's breaking out. Someone's stealing a battery. And then there's just a panel of like someone flying and just carrying the same toad that you just saw. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if these are alien toads. It's also got a child. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is going on. So like, not sure where these toads are coming from, but they kind of give you a glimpse that these could be otherworldly. Yep, there's toads. a baby toad. There's a baby toad. Yep. So I don't know if it's from another planet, from like a lot from the future. It's who knows? Another, to, another realm? I, who knows? Yeah. When I read this, I have to make sure to not read it next to powers. Otherwise the future timelines of or the time <laughs> other timelines of both, I'm just like, all right. I, you know what? Because yeah. I the, the technarchy is being uh, being <laughs> controlled by the magic frogs. toads. This yeah. toad yeah. is just the phalanx. Because <laughs> <laughs> the stories have already happened, and then there's an extra bit, and I was like, the momentum is gone. Yeah, I yeah. just need to. I, I think this oh, one. Yeah, may... I definitely like my eyes glazed over at the last part, like the like flash forward or flashback or whatever it was. I'm just kind of like, I don't understand this. Yeah, it's something a, about the toad. It says someplace else, some time ago. So you know, much long, long it's time like ago. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This yeah, is just Star Wars. This is actually the Toad is from Star Wars. It's canon, guys. I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that why Palpatine's alive again? Yeah, it would make more sense whenever that movie's going to come up. It's younger Yoda. <laughs> Ooh, that makes way more sense. Yeah, no, the, to- the, the baby Toad is Yoda. Yeah. That's what it is. Clearly. Yeah. Um, no, this book's really fun. Yeah, like, there's it's a, super fun. There's a lot. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, obviously, great opportunities for a case to use her 30s voice. But, um, <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. yeah, there it is. A <laughs> lot of action uh, with the magic. They really expanded the universe in this. You kind of get an idea where the lick's coming from. Like, Elliot Ness is just on the on well, The art the is wagon. great, too. Just I mean, watching it for, like, the fight scene art is great. Yeah, they like, do a really good job of depicting the magic. Yeah. Uh, and, like, what it can do and how it works. Um, and there's a lot of just fun, just dick tracy s characters yeah. in here to go along with everyone else like it it it's a lot of fun i'm really enjoying this book yeah i think i'm gonna trade weight this one but like it, I, yeah. i'm really liking what i'm hearing from you so far this would this. this would be i think based on so far i think it'd be a really fun trade like you could get through it really quick but like you're gonna yeah. enjoy all of it yeah yeah but yeah so that's my first pick awesome all right, Casey. I'm almost afraid to ask. What's uh, what's your topic? Oh man, this week? I'm 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 doubling down. Last week I talked about God, and this <laughs> week I'm going to talk about sex. Oh, uh, so I'm just trying to get us oh, banned boy. as Here quickly as possible. Here we go. Um, so my pick, uh, first pick for this week is uh, Safe Sex. Uh, it is written by Tina Horn and drawn drawn and colored by Michael Dowling. Um, so yeah, so basically this reads like a dystopian. Um, like almost like 1984, like Handmaid's Tale ish kind of thing, but f- exclusively for like controlling sex. Um, 
My mom didn't let me read this one. <laughs> <laughs> With good reason. There is a lot. I'm not going to go into too, too much detail about the orgy scenes, but there are multiple. Yeah. So just a fair <laughs> warning. If you're going to pick this book up, uh, read it with the blinds closed. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, this isn't something you want to tell. Yeah. This like, isn't something you want to read at the laundromat. Yeah. Like, the, the, don't, don't read it on the bus with somebody over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Or, or two, if you're into that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. That's but your kink. I'm not trying to If you want to get other people into it. Yeah. yeah exactly. There is lots of sex and they are very sharing is proud. Well, as we know from the book, sharing is caring. So the very first, uh, the like, bam, open up massive orgy scene. And it's, uh, it's this place called the dirty mind and it's yeah so basically it's this um giant party uh that the like the the leader of this like um group club right it's like a club but this this party in particular was was for like sex worker appreciation so it's it's kind of unclear if every single person there is a sex worker or if they're all just part of the like kink community i think they're part of the community yeah and help keep this place exactly most of them are the people that help run the dirty exactly yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so so there's a massive orgy um going on with all of them and then uh they get the shut down by uh the evil you know uh peacekeeping force i forget what it's called already the party right the party yes it's very very ominous very 1984 by calling it just the party i did think it was kind of funny so we have this we have this orgy scene going on and then these guys in riot gear come bursting in and say attention the party is here (laughs) the party has arrived (laughs) it's like I, I, i think you've got this backwards <laughs> you just ruined the party yeah you guys just destroyed <laughs> we're having party. a great time uh, i think there's probably some intentional irony going on yeah. there um but yeah so so basically the right gear shuts down the the, the dirty mind in general they take the the leader um off in, in in handcuffs and basically black bags are no one's seen or since yep. um so then it jumps forward in time and our main character um i already forgot her name avery, avery. um avery uh has to marry her boyfriend just mostly for the sake of like like keeping up appearances like in order to have a sexual relationship you have to marry she kind of we kind of get the idea that she was a little bit opposed to marriage to begin with but she clearly loves him um so it's it's this like okay we're just maintaining appearances now um so that panel of three years later we open up to they're having sex but it's like <laughs> you know it's it's just the two of them it's only the it's two only of the now. two of them yeah. having like somewhat kinky sex <laughs> um but then afterwards his, his wrist uh, wristwatch lights up and it says intercourse with wife and he has to file the paperwork uh so just god what a nightmare that alone would make me never want to have sex again i know well, yeah just he, he's cool enough because he has it on his wristband she has to file actual paperwork yeah her purity score isn't high yep. enough which is just i read that i was like oh boy oh yeah that's i'm gonna not buckle great. in for this book yeah she's clearly <laughs> still rebelling against it while still maintaining the status quo yeah she clearly um, hates it yeah i mean obviously who wouldn't hate this yeah. but but you know he's he's maintaining the status quo well enough that he's passing you know what i mean they they realize that they they think that he's like and he, and he works a, there too. Part of yeah, and he's, he works for the party as well. Um, so you know they're kind of like getting dressed, and she's going off for an interview with the party, <laughs> and uh, he's basically like, "Hey, you're dressed too slutty," and it's literally just like a regular white button down, but you see a little bit of cleavage, and uh, so they have this whole like fight about you know like. And she puts on like like sweatpants instead. Well, she's got to go shopping. Yeah, she's got to go get something not slutty for her interview. Yeah, um, yeah, I think he even says something to the effect of like. Uh, yeah, gear for a slutty secretary scene. <laughs> She's like, no, this isn't slutty. He's like, uh, it's a secretary. It's, it's for like a slutty job secretary. interview. It's a little aggressive. Ah, uh, you know, but she doesn't own anything else. At least, a, at least an interview with the party. That yes, is. specifically. Yeah. Um, so she runs off to go buy not slutty clothes, and uh, 
you know, leaves her paperwork behind. So he's like, oh, come on. So he's going to have to file it for her. <laughs> um, so then it shows her shopping. And, uh, you know, one a lady dressed in like, you know, basically a burka comes up and is just like, oh, can I help you? And uh, she's like, well, you know, I need something for this job interview. And she's like, what makes you feel empowered? And then there's this really cool panel of her in like, of like corset with like leather pants and like like just yeah, yeah that's full. my favorite part of the book it's yeah great. it's a really cool where she's like she, she just imagines what actually makes her feel empowered and then she turns to the lazy the lady and she's kind of like a blazer like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I, don't know. I guess yeah. yeah uh what am i supposed to say in this situation because i like the truth is not gonna fly um so then, you know, we, we, we switch over to um, you know, the, the husband. He's, he was working at the Pleasure Center. Uh, which, is, know, <laughs> which was built on the site Wait, of yes, yeah. the Dirty Mind that got shut down. Exactly. Yeah. They, they took over the building for the sex work uh, party. Real and turned it in. in Yeah. That is just like an intentional like oof. And some more irony. Like they're, they're the party and this is the Pleasure Center. I have a feeling that the Pleasure Center is not a very fun place. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is where the pa- this is where the sex paperwork gets filed, guys. Yes, it's, this is yeah. this is the where they, they maintain your purity score. Yeah, the, the, so the pleasure center is just the DMV. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. the DMV for sex. That's awful. <laughs> I mean, the DMV could use a little more sex. I mean, yeah. I mean, the DMV uh, the DMV can take all they can get. I mean, anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, personally, I want the DMV right out of my sex. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but then, then we switch over back to Avery, and she runs into a couple of her like fellow rebels, like sex rebels on she, the street. That she knew from. That she knew from yeah. the Dirty Mind. And they all kind of give her a cold reception. And they're like, yeah, we're, some of us are still in the fight, you know, like, and... Yeah, you... You sold out, basically. Yeah, basically, like, how does it feel to be buttoned up, you know? Yeah. And and um, there's one person there that she doesn't know who who mentions that she's like, is that Simona Salacious? So I think that was her like porn name, yeah, or her dom name or something. Whatever yeah, it whatever was not her. Clear what she did. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't specify what her specific sex work was, but clearly she was famous because this other person that they that she doesn't recognize is like, oh my god, yeah, like a little starstruck. And then the other one was like, no, she's just. <laughs> Avery now. yeah exactly like, like yeah they're they're very bitter because they're pretty like mad about it. like they're, they're specifically because they're still fighting to find their leader and Avery is like given up because she needs to survive you know yeah. what I mean they're they're all like coping with the destruction of their community and in different ways you know um so then we switch to the interview and the first thing that happens is like the lady interviewing you is just like, um, isn't that lipstick a bit provocative? And it's literally just like regular. It's just any lipstick at all. So she forces her to like wipe it off. It's like the level of like severity here is like really intense. She says, I prefer f- feminism that doesn't draw attention to itself. Yeah. Or something like that. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Like in between all this, there's news. Um, oh yeah. They, news they keep things going to the background the- to kind of build the world. And it's just like, Man, this is sad. It's very sad. Like the whole idea is basically like if you can, we've created, uh, it's like puritanical, like like theocracy. Yeah, every, everything that's bad is you giving into your base urges, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, don't do that. And that like somehow like feminism is is only this one brand of feminism that's modesty. It, it you know, someone like, said like I think one of the people even said like this is the first truly feminist religious leadership they've ever had in the party. It's actually in this exact scene. Yeah, it is in the scene, yeah. Basically saying like, yeah. um, My brand of feminism is the only one that makes sense. And it's just like... Yeah, men have been corrupted by the lie that entitlement to satiating their own pleasure is what will make them feel whole. So basically like if you do things that you like, 
your your that's a lie that, that you'll actually feel whole like no that's not the way it works it's like damn that's disgusting yeah it's not great yeah. and, and it's got a very like big brother propaganda yeah. kind of it's feel it's definitely like, 19, sure. 1984 with a focus on sex and like, like the, yeah because the whole way to her interview she's sitting in front of like all these different ones of these screens feeding her the same information yeah. uh-huh yeah, just reiterating that yeah, there's like, like a billboard that says like purity will set you free yeah. and stuff like that. It's like all over the place. Yeah, it's it's intense. Um, but yeah, then th- through the interview, I thought the scene was really funny too. Um, she's like, oh, okay, according to your uh, CV, I don't I don't know what that is, but basically according to your resume, uh, you have a degree in filmmaking uh, over 15 years ago. Can you explain the gap in your resume? And then it just like cuts to her forming, uh, filming porn. Just <laughs> <laughs> great. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah, this is a weird scene. This is a weird scene, which uh, I think it goes back to what Adam was saying about like, oh, the irony of it being called the pleasure center. So Dennis, um, we see him back at work, the boy, the husband, yep. and um, he accidentally hits the wrong floor, and he's like, oh crap, oh, I didn't mean to go there. Um, and then the the elevator doors open up, and well, it's like the shining gold light with like sex wom- noises. This other woman that got in has access to that floor, yes, and sh- it still like recognized her somehow. So mm-hmm. like it opened up on this floor that he's normally not has access to. So yeah, he's to get to like 14 yeah. but it's like because like she got in or something yeah like so 13. obviously he goes snooping around because yeah. why wouldn't you because you hear sex noises <laughs> like you literally it's just like that's, oh, that's actually the moment i was waiting for as soon as she got into the building i was like oh there's some weird stuff with the people who run the place yeah exactly oh, yeah, they're, they're sure. like hoarding all the like of course illicit yeah, yeah. sex for themselves because like they're in the dodo room yeah it's, it's literally <laughs> just like um, um, yet another means of control basically. yeah like anytime you see a, a group of people trying to keep something from another group of people that pe- that group is absolutely doing that oh yeah thing. absolutely like <laughs> homophobes like- Tell me yeah. homophobes aren't all gay. Like, I, <laughs> come on. <laughs> gay people shouldn't be allowed to marry because I am terrified of how gay I am. <laughs> <laughs> but like... Uh, it's it sound logic. Yeah, exactly. Makes total sense. <laughs> this whole government sounds uh, terrifying, but like, I, I, I could never see something like this ever succeeding. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, the, the only thing that, like, the big takeaway that I got from this book, not to sidetrack from the plot too much, um, we'll get back to it, but like, basically sex work is so stigmatized already it's a thing that polite society and like just basically regular society still doesn't want to talk about right um it's still a thing that like even your most like liberal and like leftist like not quite leftist but but your most like liberal people will still say like oh well i don't believe in legalizing you know like sex work it's like why it is it is work it is valid it is the oldest job in the world it yeah. is the first job right um, ever since there was money there was there sex was sex work, work. yeah <laughs> um and it's just it's this quiet thing that everybody participates in but nobody acknowledges so i think the like so kind what? of in the same way that handmaid's tale is like very close to being a reality in some ways this is very close to being a reality in some ways like like not necessarily this strict or this insane but like there are like very rational people that would see like no yeah being more modest is a good thing and i should impose that on other people and like yeah. you know that is that, the, is that is so terrifying it is completely yeah. terrifying yeah like I, I mean i had a conversation with my mom um she was telling me that one of her uh co-workers quit to be to basically do sex work full-time and she was just like oh my god i can't believe it. and my mom is like very very like I'm with her Democrat, like, you know, <laughs> um, so like, I was like, but it took two hours and I finally broke her down and she understands that sex work is real work. It t- you know, it's like, it's, it's that hard for like a woman that already believes that like pro-choice and like, 
you know, because climate change is real and all these other things that like are very rational sex work. She just couldn't wrap her head around. You know what I mean? Which I can understand that. Yeah, because it's it's a thing that you don't really as like a very modest person, you wouldn't necessarily want to it's it's the, the like culture has just taught us that it's wrong exactly there's a stigma there's a cultural stigma yeah um but like like you because s- people aren't willing to like see the other hat like, yeah, yeah exactly what if what if it's better for them like you don't know that yeah exactly but like yeah, and it's and it's valid and it's real and they don't deserve to be hurt because they do this yeah, job. They're still they're not you lesser know? people. Exactly. They're yeah. still people. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but that is such yeah. a hard concept to overcome, especially in like mainstream media. There's yeah. there's plenty of other countries that have legalized sex work. Right. Um and just America is just behind. We have it in one city, <laughs> you know, in yeah, this right. country. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um but like and, and, and uh, it's it's been shown statistically that like the more legal it is the more safe and like the more well, they like can regulated and exactly they can protect these people. And, and and if you're a sex worker you can actually report abuse you right, know like right. you can actually go to the cops with Without like this guy yeah yourself. exactly yeah. yeah so like this it's just better for everyone if the stigma is is lifted and i think that's what this book is really good for on top of just being like a really good book in general i think like it's taking that stigma away in a medium that it hasn't really been addressed in there's other books that talk about sex and there's other books that kind of address this topic but this is like forceful like this is like it's putting it in your face and it's like yeah like any any prohibition is going to give the power to the worst people yeah like i mean if if you look at the prohibition of alcohol it gave the power to the to these crime lords going back to tommy gun was yeah yeah, created (laughs) the this organized crime yeah exactly Um, so so banning sex work creates um human trafficking trafficking, yeah exactly and like murdering sex workers because they're the less dead they're the ones that go missing and no one notices because they have to kind of live in secrecy you know and yeah so i i think that it's a really important conversation and this book is is you know doing a really good job of like bringing that to attention to people that might not have otherwise have noticed it you know what i mean i agree um yeah it really reminded me of everybody's favorite anime shimonetta a boring world where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist oh god (laughs) (laughs) and in that one everyone's speech and hand motions are monitored oh god that's so much worse than this yes yeah this you just have to file sex paperwork well this one the speech is monitored too because like uh in the next scene after that she like goes to file her paperwork and forgets it and she's like god shit and then someone's like watch your language young lady and it's so like that is even even like you know foul language is is like breaking the modesty you know um but yeah, just to get to like the end of this book, um, you know, stiletto she, in the eye. Yeah, stiletto in the eye, man. I clapped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a very yeah. So so basically, the cops um, are raiding her. The house. cops are raiding her house. She comes home and, and they're like, "Oh, we arrested Dennis," and she's like, "Oh, why? Like he's the he's the good one. He's the straight laced one of the two of us. Like how could this have happened?" So she just immediately evades them. They put her in handcuffs and she slips out and she like hops the balcony and she's like basically talking about all how all of her like bondage experience helps her break free, which is great. Um, yeah, and like then. A, yeah, like the impeccable core strength that she's just jumping off a balcony. Exactly. So yeah. Um, so she manages to escape um, the party and goes to where like her, her friends had hinted at where the new dirty mind is. Um, and it's clearly some like rock quarry next to a river or lake or something. Um, and so she, um, you know, goes back there to get their help freeing her husband um so she's back full force in the revolution the like sexual revolution against the party um so yeah i thought i thought this book was fantastic this is you know really important and just really good too like there's a lot of books that have important things to say that can't get the message across because they're too wrapped up in like what they want to say and not the story and this does a great job of both you know 
This book has a playlist. <laughs> it does. The playlist is really good. I was like, oh, I recognize so much of this. Oh my God. I just noticed this. This is something Alan Martin does sometimes with Tanker. Like he'll put in the margins what he's listening yeah, to. Yeah. Rick Remender does it a lot too. Um, yeah. The the playlist is really good. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Molly Nielsen is so good. Uh, Modern Lovers. Uh, David some, Bowie, The Clash. Some Warm. Prince on here, Devo. Yeah. Iggy Pop. Got some, got some Cardi B Yeah, some here. Cardi B. You got to put Bodak Yellow in there. Devo's cover of Satisfaction. Yes. That's a, oh, that that's a needle drop. That is a good one. Um, got some good stuff Nick in Cave. Got to have Nick Cave in there. Yeah. Massive Attack. Yeah. There's some, there's some really good stuff in there. Oh, I like that. That's great. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something they're going to do for like every issue. It says be, issue that, one playlist, so that implies issue two playlist. That would be great. Um, but I they also, put it at the end. Like, what, I got to go back and read this again with the playlist? <laughs> <laughs> should put that well, now the, you'll know it's there. should it's, put that at the top of the gotta issue. You got to flip to, the, yeah, flip to the, the, the back neck when you get issue two. Yeah, but um, then you see the back splash page. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. a good point. That is true. Well, dang. Uh, just to cover your eyes. <laughs> um, but I also have to read it twice. Um, I also yeah. really liked at the the very end, you know, she's got kind of like a letter to the reader and it's a, about her own sex work and why she wanted to, to write this. And that, I thought that was really cool. And then she's got an interview with her friend, Jack the Stripper. Um, so I think it's That's like, yeah. Oh, it's a J J A C Q. I love it. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping that they keep up. Like kind of like Bitch Planet has this almost like zine in the back of like interviews mm-hmm. and like like articles. And I, I really hope they keep that up with, with Safe Sex too because that was a very interesting read to, you know. I feel like getting someone else's perspective is always crucial, especially with stuff that, you know, if you don't actively participate in it, you have no opinion. You know what I mean? So like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you really have no idea. And this is a kind exactly. of thing that's kind of, you know, tricky to get active in, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to say like, you know, sex work is work and be out there on the, you know, like the slut walk and all that stuff. It's hard. It's like, you know, if you are a modest person but want to support them, it's like, where do you draw the line? You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. But I, I feel like they're, you know, it's valid and they're valid and all of it is, you know, needs to be championed behind. And that's my, that's my leftist rant for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week when I talk about like workers' rights or something. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> do you want me to go into graphic detail of the no, orgy? Because I can. No, please let's not. <laughs> Yeah, the dialogue, uh, there's a few. There was a few. There's a few lines yeah. in there. Yeah, there's some. <laughs> but but again, it, it's. It, I was reading this going like, okay, this writer knows what they're talking yes. about. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. It, it's, it's not just that kind of made-up fantasy language that, yeah. that comes out of a lot of people writing about this sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's very, very real. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think the... the um, censorship is very real and then she's just putting a different like a more extreme lens on it right you know what i mean like it's like this is the censorship that she has already put up with and then just to putting it in this fantasy dystopian realm you know what i mean kind of in the way that like you can look at 1984 especially right now and kind of see the parallels of how it happens in the real world and kind of see like how we could get there very easily you know she just cranks it up to exactly yeah 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 Yeah. but yeah i loved it go read it oh yeah i thought it was great too yeah so how about you, RJ? Well, staying aboard the sexy train. <laughs> <laughs> always on board the sexy train. O- always on board. Uh, Strike Force oh, by Teeny Howard and German Peralta. This was a sexy book. I have to agree with RJ. <laughs> All the sexiest characters in the Marvel U. This one is, it's a new Marvel team. Um, it starts with a- Angela and 
other hands of <laughs> anonymous people. <laughs> you can just from like seeing the cover and then seeing that panel, you can kind of like put two and together. Like, okay, that's clearly Spider Woman's arm. That's clearly, yeah. uh, you know, like Bucky's metal hand. Like there's like, you know, a couple of them are a little bit so obvious. It's a, it's, it's the, it's the team of strike force. Yeah. But they're, they all have canisters of Ebola. Uh, as people are wont to do at a party, <laughs> and they're cheer, they're clanking them together. Yeah, cheersing them. Yeah, they're also clearly in some kind of like cold storage room. So, um, yeah, and then we'll see later. On. And there's yeah. all kinds of parties that are going on that I'm not getting invited to. <laughs> you, they might be the same party. <laughs> just, just wait until you see my other pick. There's just like orgies in every single book I read. This That's <laughs> Ebola <laughs> orgies are my favorite. Yeah, what other kind is there really? <laughs> <laughs> No better way to catch the virus. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, so then, <laughs> then, it, then it goes to the Avengers, the, the current day Avengers, and they're going through a facility because someone stole a bunch of Ebola. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who it was. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing there for you. And they come across guards that look like they've had a hell of a time. Yeah, um, great. And She-Hulk smashes through a wall and finds the the strike force team which consists of Angela, Monica Rambeau, Bucky, Spider-Woman, Wiccan. Uh that, that's, that's everybody for now. Yeah. One one more person will join, yeah. but. <laughs> but I was so surprised to see Monica. She yeah. just shows up randomly. Yeah, she's not on the cover or anything. I was like, "Oh, okay." Neither is Wiccan for that I, matter. Dude, I forgot Wiccan was a character until Oh man, you're book. not reading Death's Head. Yeah, I was just about to that say. That is correct. I'm not I'm not reading Death's Head. You should exactly. be. <laughs> So the Avengers put them in a room because they, they're the main suspects for who stole the Ebola. Yeah, they were literally caught red-handed yeah. in the facility. Um, with red hands. <laughs> with, with Ebola well, hands. What does Ebola do? <laughs> I, I think you poop yourself to death, right? Uh, yeah, I think well, that's Or is that cholera? This could be but red hands. Isn't it like out of every opening in your body? <laughs> yeah, body, that's like, it. You basically melt. Yeah. yeah. Cholera is where you poop yourself to it, death. I think that's yeah, definitely cause for red hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might get some red hands. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, the Avengers call in Blade because they have no idea the the Avengers have or the the Strike Force members have no memory of what happened. They just kind of woke up where they were. Um, so they call in Blade, and they say it's scaring the crap out of them. Maybe he has cholera. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So, so they were like, "There's some Ebola missing. It might be a Dracula." <laughs> yes. Well, he's he's been on. <laughs> he's been on the Avengers for a while now. Like, I think in like the second story arc, there was like a whole like vampire plot. Um, so he's just like the magic guy of the uh, Avengers. Okay. Like, like Doctor Strange isn't on the Avengers, so the Blade is like their stand. So yeah. Ebola was. He's the CDC. <laughs> <laughs> the there's the. I love the part where they flash back to. Uh, Blade's ca- classic costume. I always forget how goofy oh, it God. is. Oh God! Yeah, so like like black exploitation seventies. Yeah. Oh, like I love Luke it. Cage. Yeah, well, that's they came out around the same and time. Then, yeah. <laughs> they modeled that Venture Brothers character after him. Yep. Yeah, Jefferson Twilight. Yeah, Jefferson Twilight. <laughs> Jefferson Twilight. <laughs> He's a blackula hunter. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. He's so great. So then the Blade takes the the Strike Force team to go find out what's happening like he literally takes them like he breaks them out yeah of well, he, breaks, he lies to the avengers and, and then breaks, and them, breaks out. them out and then yeah. they just yeah it was, and then they just teleport somewhere. because apparently he 
was fighting something that was that wasn't quite a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> like it, years ago, like when it flashes back yeah. to the seventies, it was like, and it's this, been haunting him. This changeling thing that's been kind of gnawing so, at the back of his yeah, mind. Yeah. Angela and just goes, up. "Oh, that's a Verai." It's like, <laughs> just, sure, yeah, yeah, I recognize that. So through. Asgardian shapeshifters? Well, they're, they're, not um, Asgardian. they're from Svartalheim. So okay. they're from so they're, Angela's, you know, Thor's realm of the, the nine realms. But, yeah. they're, but they're basically from the dark elf planet. I really guess okay. and it every time Angela spoke. I was like, she seems to know what's and going they, on. She is very <laughs> informed on yeah, they like, can oh, only dark elf the, Svartalheim. They can only take the form of something that they've captured. Yeah. yeah. Um, so which, somehow, which is before this book, they all got they're at their ass whooped i guess but they don't remember it yeah, yeah they don't they remember captured. anything and then they show up and they find the the where king do they, where do they teleport to I, indonesia yeah oh, they teleport to indonesia yeah so like the next page they just bamf over to indonesia yep <laughs> well because he's got he's got the boy thing we've talked about this before no the, the we, haven't. we haven't talked about it on the show are we talking about swamp boy it's the boy thing. Boy, boy thing. thing. It's a man thing. That's it's a- DC. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Swamp boy thing. Man, sorry. man thing is already a problematic name. Yes. Boy thing is not great. Yeah, boy <laughs> thing doesn't great. really. Yeah, it makes you realize how problematic man thing is. You were, you were fine with man thing, and then you hear boy thing, you're like, no. That's well, maybe, maybe not there. okay. Maybe this sex train has to take a pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> sexy trains. Yeah, yeah, no more sexy trains. Yeah, yeah, maybe thing. not. Um, but yeah, so so he's he's able to teleport. He's basically their nexus of realities uh, teleporter. So he's just like, oh, boop, they're they're at a temple, and yeah. it's like, just like I don't see it on him in this. Yeah, issue. he's I, they don't show it. They yeah, just yeah. like it's implied. It's and fine. Then, yeah, yeah. they run into. He's like got a, him in his pocket. What well, I think <laughs> no, but Wiccan can teleport because they're oh, talking about why don't you just teleport me some food? Yeah. So like, I think no, they I won't teleport through Wiccan because there's a portal. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because they all want a pizza, and he's like, "I'm not going to teleport you a pizza." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why not, dude? <laughs> and then they come across uh, the the night elf. Right. Yes. I, the yeah. um, Angela names him by by name. She's like, "Oh, I know about you. You're well, yeah. the." Uh... They run into a doom. Oh, first. Count Ophidian. Sure. Sure. Ophidian. 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 That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Count Olaf. I just assumed Angela <laughs> knew what she was talking about in this issue. I was like, I'm gonna just pay attention to what she is saying. Well, she she knows more than I do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, they're from the yeah. They're they're, they're race is technically called the Fae. There you okay, go. Yeah. the dark the dark Fae. And there, it's something out of uh, the War of the Realms where the the Rainbow Bridge became the Dark Bridge and split so, into pieces. So in yep. order to traverse yep. the realms, Malekith created the Black Bifrost, which is basically the like mirror reflection of, of the, the Rainbow Bridge Bifrost. Um, so when Freya destroys it, it shatters into a million shards and they just kind of crash land on Earth. So there's like, oh, we're going to make the best of the situation and take over the planet. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like you do. Like as one does. And then they start fighting the the count, and he summons Damien Hellstrom, and he's just kind of evil now, um, uh, or something, or something, Some, or, something's or going he's on. He's a or a shapeshifter, a shapeshifter. Well, yeah, we're not sure. Well, so so they like are fighting all these, you know, fighting against them, and Damien shows up, and then Blade's like, all right, stabs him. And right at that uh, like moment, Satana calls. And it's like, hey, my brother Damien just showed up. And he's acting really weird. So, so there's Sa- two. Well, Satana is probably hanging out with the Fae version, the shapeshifter version. Because and he Because he didn't turn into the... Like, when he, when yeah. Blade stabbed Damien, he just stays as a bloody Damien. Usually, they, they revert back to their changeling shape. Uh, so I think he stabbed the real one, who, for whatever reason, is, is working with 
the changelings. So there's some that's a cool like cliffhanger ending there. I I really liked the premise of the book of just uh, they've they have no idea what's happening. They've been framed for a crime and they've been impersonated by Faye. Yeah, and it kind of gives me a Justice League Dark uh, feel. Mm, very much so. Mysticism. Yeah. I love I love all that stuff. So I really like the setup for the the new book. It's it's definitely like a like if scrolls were magic kind of a plot yes um yeah, it's scrolls close, but yeah. magic <laughs> that's all you need yeah exactly sold <laughs> yeah it was really fun all right so that brings it to me so uh my top pick this week is teenage mutant ninja turtles number 98 shocker yeah I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only I'm 98 behind yeah no uh <laughs> if you haven't read the last 97 issues um I don't know if I'm gonna have enough time to bring you up to speed. There's these turtles. Yes, yeah, so they get they get radioactive waste. <laughs> Stay There's with me. There's this guy Daredevil. He just throws this waste into the sewer. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, this is this is uh, the series City at War Part Six. So there's uh, there's this big civil war going on in New York City between these different groups. You have uh, the turtles who are Clan Hamato. Okay. Um, you have the foot, which is currently being led by Splinter. Yeah, you mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Spl- I'm still confused. Splinter about that. killed Shredder, mm-hmm. and as is custom, he became leader of the foot. So it's like a shadow land where Daredevil becomes the leader of the hand. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but with a rat. Teenage Mutant Ninja rat. Turtles are actually a parody of Daredevil. Well, yes, I'm aware of that, but that is so, a that is a very specific Daredevil plot that I'm familiar with. So yeah. I'm just going to keep referring it back to there, Daredevil. There's also a character um, in this book named Bludgeon. He's he's a he's a shark. He's a, he's basically a street shark. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Jawsome. Yeah, it is Jawsome. <laughs> Jawsome. <laughs> but he went blind. Oh, and okay. he's been uh, practicing with Karai, um, uh, Splinter's or uh, Shredder's daughter, to like be able to still fight. And he has like echolocation now. Perfect. And there's this scene where he's he's talking to to Michelangelo, and you see Bludgeon's version of Michelangelo, and it's like blue and like oh, that's great. Negative. <laughs> and, and Michelangelo's like, oh, you're blind, but you can like see. That's just like my favorite comic book character. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh meta on meta on meta. Oh, man. I love it. Uh, but That's... anyway, so you have Clan Hamato, you have the the foot. Oh wait, first, who wrote and drew this? Oh right, Duh, Adam. <laughs> Come on, see. So this See is... what happens when I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, where were you now? I was letting Adam. Talk you're about you're checking football oh. scores. I see you. He's so really the, excited. It's it's in typical IDW fashion. There's a lot of people involved. So uh, a story is Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kerno, and Tom Waltz. The script is Tom Waltz, and the art is uh, Michael Dionysus. 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 Yeah, sure. I think it's Dionysus. That, that sounds right. <laughs> you need to get right. off the sexy train. <laughs> I will not. Yes, I'm making fun of people's names on this show, man. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so so this so there's a, this whole civil war going on. I'm not even into the plot of this issue yet. So uh, <laughs> gosh, so you have Clan Amato, you have the you have the the foot. You also have this group called the Mutanimals, which is Ooh. just a bunch of kind of random muta- mutants. Mutated animals, got it. Yeah, well, they're mutants. <laughs> uh, so this universe has their own capital M mutants, Ooh. as does Mar- the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So the the mutants in this universe they're they're mutated by this ooze, and they usually take the they they're animal like they're animal monsters. Yeah, like yeah. there's a. 
there's old hob who's the the head of the mute animals he's a giant cat with an eye patch sure um <laughs> oh yeah i keep seeing him on the cover he's on the cover of this yeah, one, he's right? on the cover of this one yeah. uh there's also uh, a manta ray there's uh, how does that work is that I, feet yeah he's just like a dude but <laughs> also a manta Does he have ray arms so there is arms like the flappy parts and you really, can't really like rapid evolution found <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's and they're they're mutated animals but they're anthropomorphic like yeah. Hobbes has hands like it's, it's yeah. that kind of thing Makes sense. oh so they're terrifying got it <laughs> yeah so uh there's also a hermit crab whose shell is a dumpster awesome. i love it that's sure. actually amazing yeah, it's, of course. it's really cool that's a uh, mood mondo gecko is in this who's always been one of my favorite characters okay he's, he's like a skating uh gecko tubular yeah right. is he from a 2003 ps2 game <laughs> yes <laughs> obviously but um yeah so so you have the mutanimals there's also the purple dragons which is a street gang which was originally led by casey jones's father now currently led by casey okay um you also have this government agency called the earth protection force mm. my god <laughs> yeah so we had to five five yeah, or there's, six there's so much going on yeah it's, it's a lot insane yeah so the Earth Protection Force is uh, this kind of these secret agent guys. They're led by this guy named Agent Bishop, who we found out a couple issues ago is actually this tiny little man, like like the little football sized guy who lives inside of a robot. That's that's a pretty common theme with turtles. You got it Craig? is. Yeah, I, that's a, just the two really. A robot but... with a dude in your belly. <laughs> there's just two. <laughs> Well, no, that's no, that's a lot. That's, that's like, a lot for no. But there's there's General Krang, who's an Utrom. The Utroms are brains that, that they're yeah. these brain monsters. And he, General Krang, was a brain monster that lived inside <laughs> of a big mechanical guy. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a common trope. <laughs> but I just I just laughed out loud. I was like, he's just a a Krang, but a dude. He's <laughs> a little person. <laughs> a little a little dude. But uh, but Agent Bishop is kind of a lunatic. Uh, he. Uh, captured and then brainwashed Slash, who's a giant snapping turtle, <laughs> and he was controlling him via virtual reality. So okay. like he could like, so it's a little guy inside of a robot who's controlling via virtual reality a giant mutant turtle. Yes, cool. and yes, and <laughs> right. Yeah, there's there's so much there's so much to unpack here. <laughs> I was like, I I I, can't, I keep avoiding talking about turtles because there's so much going on, but you know, you got to just gonna dump a hundred issues of this book into the microphone. <laughs> um, so Slash ended up getting killed in a in a previous battle. He was blown up. Um, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. So that kind of is that is that all of he the... didn't get he didn't get stuck on his back and didn't get flipped back over <laughs> in the back. <laughs> In the back of each issue, there's a map of New York City with like territory lines of like who has what, like who's winning. It's yeah. no man's land. I love it. Right. It is. That's exactly oh what God. it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's also this group of um, just mobster gangsters, which are led by this. I think she's a demon. She's red and she has horns. Cool. So I guess sure. she's a demon. She, no, her name's re- really into cosplay. <laughs> her name's Null. No. So she, yeah. Null. Uh, yeah. Null again. Null. Is this yeah. a Carnage crossover? <laughs> Everything's a carnage crossover. Yeah, everything's a carnage crossover. <laughs> but but yeah, so so there they also have some some skin in the game. So the the other thing that's going on is Baxter Stockman is running for the mayor of New York City. Okay. Baxter Stockman that's the is fly? No, he, oh, he was he's he was never turned into the fly, but he has these fly mutants that he controls. But the voters sure. obviously don't know any of this. He's like a mad scientist running oh. for mayor of, of New York City. Got it. So 
I I guess that Wilson brings Fisk. us up to He's Got the it. Harvey Dent. Yeah, <laughs> he's the Wilson Fisk. Oh, oh. Also, uh, the way this whole war started is uh, Karai came back. She was like in exile, and goes up to Splinter and is like, "Yo, you're sitting on my throne. That's my birthright." And um, they get it. They start having talks of negotiation, and Splinter starts going like, "All right, well, I guess you're right." And then everyone's like, "He's just gonna give." the foot back over to Karai. And then they get in this argument about what they're going to do with they've been taking care of these orphans. And she's oh. like, no, get rid of them. And Splinter's like, well, no, they're like the the kids. You can't just get rid of the kids. And they have this big argument and then boom, war declared. So ah. now everyone's in this gigantic war throughout the city. So Got it. Yeah. Big war. New York City. <laughs> Is this so, like an underground war? What's like, no, not like, it's a war war. Like Regular. Every, like everyone's involved? All the people? Or is it just like Amongst. I imagine if you're a regular human, you're hiding in your house because that, there's mutants I'm, fighting. We're the civilian well, that, that's, that's what, what I'm this, is, this is kind of a shadow war. Like, yeah, all right. Like, I, I mean, I mean yeah. th- there was a plot like that there, when the Triceratons invaded, which was sure. like, which was about 20 issues ago. <laughs> so there's uh, there's this race oh, of oh, Triceratons. broken. All right, <laughs> that, that, that takes a lot, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's this race of Triceratop aliens. Yep. Buy his Triceraton shirt. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that uh, I'm on board. As he's wearing a Mysterio shirt right now, so that's not too far. Of a yeah, but they invade New York City, and it was just pandemonium. Like people were hiding in their houses, and then what we find out later is that the Triceratons were actually the ancient dinosaurs that the Utram messed with with their mutagen, and then they were just trying to come home. They were like trying to reclaim the Earth, but oh. like. We're like, we can't just give the Earth back over to these Triceratop monsters. That's <laughs> not how this works. But, hey, that's that's a different. What? Like, I'm pretty sure someone just story arc. caught footage of me playing with action figures like ten years ago. That, that's kind of how this is. Like a lot of the people involved in Turtles are long fans of the series. So, it's like, awesome. Like getting to work on this book is basically like getting to just play with your turtles toys and write it down like uh, i feel like a lot of comics come off that way justice league comes off that way in a lot of ways yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so anyway so this issue good lord we we open up on uh on hun uh casey's father just kind of sitting on the edge of a dock and agent bishop comes walking up with two slash monsters Uh uh-oh apparently he's been cloning slash oh got it and the turtle the turtle the, yeah the snappy so turtle. so he's still controlling one of them and then he's like hey hon do you uh want to control the other one and he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> so now we have we have agent bishop and hun each in control of their own slash which is kind of terrifying yeah that's a lot yeah so uh we we cut to april waking up in her new apartment because she had to move out of her old apartment and her new apartment looks a lot like april's apartment in the second Turtles movie, which I kind of like. Like, it's got a spirally staircase. But she's woken up by... Uh, God, I sound insane. She, she's woken up by Pepperoni, who is... Um, Stop it. Did someone throw Pepperoni? No, no, no. Pepper, pepperoni is Her. Raphael's pet dinosaur. Oh, yes. Just stop. <laughs> Just pack it up, man. But... But April's obviously like, oh my god, what the heck is that? And she's like, oh, it's pepperoni. What are you doing here? And then she walks downstairs, and all the turtle boys are just passed out in her living room because they needed somewhere to hide. Uh, oh, this. <laughs> oh, I forgot the part where there's they- this whole other thing. Yeah. So, uh, working in cahoots with Agent Bishop in the in the EPF is Metalhead, who is a robot turtle. 
who at one point in time, uh, Donatello was actually killed and his consciousness was uploaded into the metalhead robot. And then he was eventually, they, they brought him back to life like you do any comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, got him back into his body. But Metalhead still has all of Donnie's memories and knowledge of things, but he's evil now. So, like, hiding from the EPF means hiding from Metalhead, which means hiding from Donnie himself. So Donnie's, like, tr- constantly trying to stay two steps ahead of what he would Of think. himself, yeah. So they were like, where are we going to hide? It's like, well, April just got a new apartment. Metal- Metalhead doesn't know where that is, so let's hide there. So, <laughs> yeah. So then we cut back to the the foot headquarters, and um, Karai is throwing Splinter in a jail cell to just die. Oh, like geez. as they're closing the door, she says, "Like um, uh, I forget what she says. She says like something. Uh, don't open these doors anymore, or give him any food. This is his tomb. Like Ooh, she's just yeah. like shut him off to die. So Splinter's in trouble. Uh, we cut back to April's apartment. The turtles." Bring her up to speed on the story. Then we see Old Hob and this Manta Ray guy. And they're discussing um, a nefarious plan. But Mondo Gecko's kind of spying. Uh-huh. I'm going to kind of yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Because uh, <laughs> sure. I'm taking way too much time here. We, we kind of cut around um, to uh, Hun and Agent Bishop. And Agent Bishop's kind of giving Hun the rundown of how this whole virtual reality thing works. Now he's going to be able to control his own basically Hulk monster. And then April is at, at like uh, election headquarters for Stockman. And we find out that she's she's been pretty much spying on on Stockman for the Turtles. Mm. Um, she She's his campaign manager, but oh. she's also kind of keeping tabs on him and making sure he doesn't do anything, you know, super villainy. Yeah. But like, I feel like helping him become the mayor of New York City is it's probably. Pretty, yeah, it's not great. It's not the best way to do that. You could just be bad at your job. Yeah, you just be the worst campaign manager ever and make sure he, he fails. Brewster's yeah. Millions. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> Jenica finds her way back to the, the rest of the turtles. So Jenica, the lady turtle. Yes. So Jenica is, she was, um, she was a foot soldier for a long time. She was kind of a high-ranking foot soldier. And when Splinter took over the foot, he made her his Chunin, which is head ninja. Mm. And in the whole kerfuffle between... Uh, <laughs> Great word. Great word. <laughs> Between Splinter and Karai, Karai stabbed her. And the only way they could save her was a blood transfusion with Leonardo, which turned her into a turtle. Yep. Whoops. Yeah, yeah the science checks out. Yeah, they she hulked her. The only reason I know about that at all is that issue was super hot at yeah, the store. Like, we couldn't, like, everyone was calling about it. It was like 95, I think. It's just like. Yeah, I found my, my issues, like, in really bad shape. Of course it is. Because I don't take care of my comics. Put it in a bag and board, man. Uh, <laughs> no. You know what a bag and board is? Well, I, I, I keep. I, my, my Turtles comics have been stacked up because they, they keep stacking up. That's always up. good for. I know. Because I've been up. behind on them. I'm like, I'm going to read those one day. And I'm like, 30 issues behind. But it's fine. I got sort of caught up for this. But um, <laughs> it's interesting, too, because Jenica and Casey were in a relationship. So now they're kind of figuring out how that's all going to work because she's uh, an amphibian now. <laughs> he's just got to just gotta roll with it. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of, yes, and... You know. You're a turtle. <laughs> but, uh, but she has, like, her whole uniform now. Like, she has a yellow bandana on. Okay. Um, she, like decided on her weapons which is like a claw and a sword and mikey's like you know we all only have one weapon you're only allowed to have one weapon 
It's pretty funny. Because of course good. he would. All right. That's great. Um, Raph and Leo get in a big fight like they're often known to do. Raph storms out like he's known to do. Um, then we find out Stockman won the election because it's election night. Oh. Uh, we cut to Stockman having his uh, like answering concession calls. Ah. So April was good at her job and therefore bad at the right, helping because the turtles. We, yeah, a mad scientist is now mayor of New York City. <laughs> um, so he's getting ready to give his uh, his acceptance speech. In flies this sort of helicopter-looking thing, and inside are the mutanimals. So it's Hob, uh, the Manta Ray guy. I keep forgetting his name. It's like I, they just keep calling him Ray. It's ah. Ray. Uh, Raphael is with them now because he's been he's been kind of talking to Hob uh, off and on. Hob has been kind of. His whole, he's got this whole like mutant liberation now kind of thing going. Oh, he's a Magneto. Basically. Got yeah. it. So, yeah. So he's been kind of hanging out with Hob on and off. So he's on Hob's side because Hob's actually trying to do something about all this. Mm-hmm. Whereas the turtles are kind of hiding. And he, he's like, we're running away. We can't just sit around here and hide. <laughs> that was such a good voice. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So well, now I don't need to read it. I just have that voice. <laughs> right, yeah. Treasure it. Nailed it. <laughs> so um It's like you've seen the movies a lot. A whole lot. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's like when I'm I'm back to talking about the turtles for 20 minutes. <laughs> so yeah, so uh Stockman starts giving a speech and he's interrupted by this helicopter just flying in and like blowing up a police truck. So all hell breaks loose. Next thing you know, Hob is standing at the podium giving a speech. So meanwhile, like these, this is again, this has all been kind of in the shadows except for the Triceratons. <laughs> so imagine you're watching TV and you're like, oh, that's the new mayor of New York City giving like, his oh, acceptance cool. speech. Neat. Yeah. And then he's just like pushed, pushed over. And then in comes this cat with one eye holding a machine gun <laughs> going like, all right, everybody listen up. It's like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Be very startling. Yeah. So he gives this big, uh, this big speech of you know, you know, oh, woe is me, blah blah blah. We're mutants. We're here. We're mutants. Get used to it. <laughs> and then um, they, th- he has this like briefcase. Th- this is the thing that he and Ray have been working on. It's some sort of weapon. So he throws this briefcase. It explodes, and then the entire crowd mutates oh so he just like turtle island everybody into mutants <laughs> yeah turtle, turtle island. island and that's kind of it's kind of where we are that's a cool little twist i like that oh well, actually the, the, the twist at the very end is uh splinters in his little cell every now and again he's kind of visited by the spirit of his dead wife tang shen mm-hmm. who i think in this case might actually be the rat king just messing with him okay so, I don't know who the rat king is. The ra- <laughs> wow, is that a bunch- unbelievable? Is that a bunch of rats with their tides get their tails get stuck to each other? Yes, but no. Okay. Um, so, th- in, in in the turtles universe, there's this uh, uh, pantheon of gods. Um, there's there's like a toad. There's the rat king. There's uh, the dragon. There's this man. There's uh, it's like they're so all. So the toad is the toad from Tommy Gun Wizards. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. But the rat king is actually the the. They're all old these these ancient gods, ancient thought forms, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the rat king is actually the true manifestation of the Pied Piper story. Oh. 
So like he has this weird like psychic connection with with Splinter and he can kind of control him. This got real Stephen King real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I I think I think there might be some some Rat King shenanigans about to, about to <laughs> sure. Rat King shenanigans. Yeah, because because he's talking to Tang Shen and then like the last the last panel is is him and where Tang Shen was standing is the Rat King sitting on a chair like uh, oh. you know, blah blah blah. I think Rat King shenanigans is the name of my next ska band. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Triceratons. Is the oh yes, yeah, that's pretty good too. <laughs> so, so that's my top pick this week. I'm not gonna. Wow. Yeah. How many more parts to the the City at War um, do we know? I think it goes on till issue 20. 100. That, that, oh God, uh, that uh, would make sense because this is this is issue 98. Um, uh, we got to we actually got to interview Sophie Campbell, who's a longtime Turtles artist on TMNT Minute uh, a few months ago. She's she's going to be taking over the series as writer and artist at issue 101. Okay. So that this would is be all a good kind of break for like if, when the story breaks, she takes over. Right. That so like sense. there's this wave about to break. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to when she takes over because I really love her art. I, I love what she's done with, with the Turtles series before. She actually wrote one of my favorite story arcs. Um, so yeah, so that'll be cool. Awesome. Go listen to that interview. It's a good interview. Yeah. But uh, And keep us updated. Now that you've told us the entire history of the TMNT. I have barely scratched the surface. <laughs> But but the thing is, th- this IDW run of of turtles, it's the longest running, ongoing story, oh, yeah. the turtles have ever had, By and it's far. been yeah. so good. The, the only the only um major criticism that I've really heard from this book is it's such a bummer. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's 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 IDW's X Men. Like uh, they're always they, in. Tru- they never have a win. Yeah, yeah, they're always in trouble. They're always down. There's always stuff happening to them, and it just kind of you never seem to get to breathe. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. Uh, Sophie Campbell takes it in that direction for a little while. They, they get a little bit of a break after the Civil they, War. They get but... to go play baseball. <laughs> right. Yeah, they get to play baseball. But in the sewer. But in the sewer. <laughs> right. sewer ball. So more like racquetball. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Sean, now that I've talked for like 45 minutes. Yeah, that was a lot of turtle. That's a lot of turtle action. Uh, I'll um, not talk about turtles, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about Batman, Curse of White Knight. Is he a turtle? <laughs> not yet, oh. but... There is a current Batman-Turtles crossover happening there you go. right now. So. Yeah, I've heard it is good. Yeah, But the uh, turtle's a Flash villain, so... Oh, yeah, and it's a baby. Stop, as we talked about last week. Um, so, yeah, Curse of the White Knight, number three. This is uh, written and drawn by Sean Murphy. So we kind of pick up right where the last issue has left off where Asriel and his crew have decided to attack the Batcave in Wayne Manor and just straight up blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> just said, screw it, you're done here. Um, so Batman kind of escaped, but he's in the, like into the river. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's in the Batmobile, so it's kind of drowning. And then there's like a rescue crew, and I believe it's Dick on the boat here. Yeah, Dick That's, and um and Bullock. And Bullock. Yeah. But basically, to get the whole rescue crew out there, he pretty much had to tell everyone. Uh, hey, that's Bruce Wayne that's stuck in the river. Yeah, Batman is Bruce Wayne. He basically had to just Pretty out much, him yeah. to everyone. So now, <laughs> like, a small group of cops and all these other people, like, like Bullock and Gordon, all them, they know now that Batman is Bruce Wayne. So yeah. that's kind of... It's all, like, the the Batman task force, the, the GTO yeah, that, the, like... Was trying to get Batman back that the elites are trying to exploit to make money off of. So they need Batman to cause a bunch of damage. So they get money donated to this fund and yada, yada, yada. 1%. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> the plot there. But yeah, I just thought it was just like, 
I, I like flip the page. I'm just like, wait, did I? Did I miss that? Oh yeah, because he like like you just flip the page and he's just not wearing the cowl. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, what? It's a very subtle reveal. It's just very, like, oh, he yeah. just revealed his his identity to <laughs> all of the cops. Yeah, <laughs> all the cops that matter anyway. Yeah. So then they start kind of talking about um, what's going on, like who Azrael could maybe be or who they're working for. They found like the mark of what's Saint Dumas. Yeah. So they're like, all right, maybe it's part of like this ancient. So back. Bruce Wayne knows like the backstory of like his ancestors, like the flashbacks that we've been seeing yeah. in the issue, like Bakar and all that. So he kind of knows the deal is so, like, maybe he has something to do with that. Um, but it's all still tied to the Joker mm-hmm. who, who, who we don't really know what he knows. We know that yeah. he was able to find Lafayette Arkham's um, yeah, like journal to, yeah, or they're something. Trying, they're trying to figure out what and they're trying to figure out what is. like what his big um, pl- play is because clearly he's like manipulating um, Azrael yeah, to some degree, but exactly. we don't know how or why exactly. Right. Yeah. So to kind of get info out of him, Batman's like, I know someone that might know him. Harley Quinn. Let's do this. <laughs> so, it kind of cuts to Harley Quinn trying to build a baby furniture because she's yeah. pregnant. She's like, if this needs a screwdriver, it should come in the box. And it's just like so yeah, relatable. Her trying to put together Ikea furniture while being very pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's like, hyenas laying around everywhere too. And they're talking, they're like, yeah, and they're talking back and forth. Um, Batman casually mentions that he's an orphan and she's like, oh, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that all, that, <laughs> that explains all a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh, so basically he's like, hey, I need your help to go talk to Joker so we can try to maybe get Jack Napier back out since he's having the multi the personality split thing. And to kind of get her to trust him, he reveals himself to be Bruce Wayne to her. To yeah. kind of there's, there's a He's lot just showing of, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just straight Spider Man in this stuff. He's just I don't care. I'm just gonna tell everyone who I am now. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> kind of be I... careful because then he'll end up having to make some deal with some devil. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And it might be he'll lose his relationship with Alfred as a result. <laughs> <laughs> well this is like uh wait, didn't Alfred die in the first one anyway? Mm, I believe but like I, something happened to Alfred yeah, because of he got um, severely wounded by by I don't know if he's um, dead. Mr. Freeze. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, fine. Then he'll make some deal with some devil, and Alfred will come back, and then he'll lose his relationship <laughs> with Selena. Fooled you, you. Nailed it. Yeah, but so yeah, that's when I kind of like clicked. I'm like, oh yeah, this is an Elseworlds book. This has nothing to do with continuity because no. he is just revealing his identity oh, yeah. all over the place. Like there's and there will be repercussions if this has a spinoff again. Like yeah. if there's another sequel to this, it'll be a big thing. But like yeah it doesn't matter for batman book. batman brand new day <laughs> um, so they kind of cut to the joker interview batman's trying to get some so you kind of get some background where jack napier while he's in arkham finds the body of laffy which is lafayette which is the old person that the wayne was fighting in his journal and that's the inspiration slash birth of the joker so like this <laughs> the joke the Joker isn't this old maybe vampire like they were kind of alluding to last issue. Like he's kind of created this character off of what he learned. Like it, whatever mental break happens, like he, it's off of like the notes that he found and like yeah, this Joker. Guy. Joker at the very least believes that he is the descendant of Laffy right. yeah. Arkham, if not actually yeah. is. You but know, he's obviously not. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> who knows? But that's the yeah. Basically, like when he finds Laffy and his corpse and his journal, something happens he, in his and he, brain. But he also finds the truth about the Wayne family. Right. Whatever that is. Whatever that that's may be. The, that's the, the And that's the, what they're material. trying to get out yeah. of there. Yeah. Yeah. So they try to shake him loose. They bring Harley in. They're talking back and forth. And she tries to like shock him into like 
flipping back to Jack by showing that she's pregnant and that it's his. And he just does not care. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're pregnant now. We can take care of that with a coat hanger type of thing. Like, it was goo. Yeah, it was ruthless. Like, he's like, I don't... It's like, what are you here for? Child support? Yeah, like, he doesn't care (laughs) at all. So, like, they cut to the next scene. like, sorry, thanks for helping. Like, sorry, I couldn't help. It was like, it just didn't work at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the actual... What he says is he's like... um, yeah. Oh, it looks like twins because you're about to burst at the seams. Uh, I suppose I could spare a few bucks for child support. I mean, one of those bats is basically mine, but I'll have to ab- abort Napiers. That's what he says. Like, let's get yeah. a coat hanger in here. It's like, oh damn. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, brutal. it was. It was. Br- it was classic. Just yeah. wicked Joker. We- yeah, stuff towards very, her. very like evil Joker like dialogue. It was good. So the Joker. Yeah, so but like yeah. sometimes they they write him funnier. You <laughs> yeah, know. I know. He was just straight mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so now they didn't that really work, but then they kind of like are talking back and forth. Like you see them evacuating all of the prisoners because Joker just keeps escaping from Arkham. <laughs> um, and then they decide to go back down to where they found, where Joker had found Laffy to see what else could be down. There's like, you know, if this one body's down there and this other, you found this medallion there, like there's probably someone else down there. So they found another body down there. It's not clear if it's Edmund Wayne, if it's Bacar. You're not quite sure who it is, but like, oh, there's, a, there's another dead body down here with, with this other guy. <laughs> Just under Arkham. No yeah. big deal. So then it cuts back to like the police people. Uh, commissioner Gordon has decided he's going to step down as commissioner because he's just like I'm just I can't I can't yeah I can't. especially after Batgirl got her identity revealed yeah, he's, he's like I, he's too too much I just stake can't. in the game I yeah. can't so he decides he's going to make uh, Montoya I can't I don't remember her Renee Renee yeah. Renee Montoya the new commissioner <laughs> and she's like uh, and then Bullock was like oh it'd be nice it'll look good too and like in a real like Bullock kind of character yeah. way I actually really this is like one of my favorite pages because I thought it was going to go one way and it really it went the exact opposite yeah 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 so Bullock's like oh of course and she's like wait you're only going to do it because I'm a woman he's like no you're the best for the job yeah um <laughs> And then Bullock was like, yeah, and if you fail, you can always fall back into a perfect secondary career um, for a Puerto Rican lesbian. And then he's just like, oh, I'm just kidding. And no, he's no, like, no, no. You've missed the punchline. The other career for a Puerto Rican lesbian oh. opened a food truck called the Pink Taco. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Is this oh, on the that's black label? Bullock. Yeah, okay. it is. I was about to say, like, this is a little. And it was fantastic. <laughs> but it's, it's. It, it was all in good fun. Like, yeah, like she, he, like, kind of pops them and it's like, like oh, he doesn't want to be conditioned. like humor. Yeah, yeah, like they were like you can clearly tell like it was in good yeah it was copy humor it was yeah. in good spirits like it's like oh cool I guess thanks they're, d- they're definitely like giving each other crap but in like a loving way you know yeah yeah because like because she's like Bullock's got seniority over me why are you not offering it to him and then he's like oh because of the because you're, you're a queer, queer Puerto Rican lady <laughs> yeah. and it's, as, it's, yeah. as Bullock goes back to his food truck exactly <laughs> exactly right so like it was very classic for all these characters yeah it was a really good scene a huge ass but like he like clearly cares about her like he's uh happy for her. yeah so then gordon's like yo i gotta go to smoke pops outside you see this shadowy figure just kind of sitting there watching him. he's like oh i was hoping to run into batman and then they're kind of talking back and forth um basically saying you know hey no more secrets between us and then you know reaches out a hand to shake his hand and it, you see it's uh asriel yeah. it's like gauntlet mm-hmm. and he is like <laughs> Quick panel before Azriel and him fight. Uh, Harley goes into labor at the bottom of this pit. 
<laughs> oh, good. Uh, My so favorite that, place to go in New So that happens, and then they just kind of click back, and Azrael and Gordon start fighting. All the cops hear them shooting. They kind of run out. Uh, and then the last thing that says, Gordon's like, tell Barbara I love her. And then, yeah, Azrael just flaming sword right through Gordon's chest yep. and kicks him off a building. Yep. So See, if this was Turtles, in two issues, he'd become a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, since but it's, it's not. Since it's, it's Batman, Black he's, he's going to be real dead. He's, yeah, he's, he's super like dead. Extra dead. He's yeah. extra or just dead. become an Azrael. <laughs> I think he's extra dead. Yeah. So I think, he, you know, because Gordon wasn't really playing ball with the whole elite thing. So, like, he was just, like, not having any of it. So that's why he's stepping down. They're like, you know, we're going to take this dude out. Yeah. Um. Did not really see that coming. No, I didn't see that coming uh, either. That was, so, it was a very good, like, so this whoa, a, okay. Yeah, this is a crazy else world. So everyone knows who Barbara Gordon is. She knows she's Batgirl. Uh, tons of people know all Bruce the, Wayne is Batman now. All the important plot people, all the cops and uh, Harley know who they Batman, know Batman is. They know Batman is. And now Commissioner Gordon is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 wild, man. Yeah, it's, like, there's it's a good. lot going on. Mm-hmm. It's a fun book. Uh, the art is still great. Like, as for... I know he stabbed Gordon, but that scene with like the giant sword and flaming sword, it was awesome. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, it's it lo- very cool looking. It looked really good, but <laughs> yeah. So he's he's real dead. Uh, but it's it's I'm really liking this book. It's a fun like yeah, you don't see Batman in this they don't do this with him. Yeah. He's always super secret. Like everyone, you know This is changing the game for sure. Yeah, I, like, I like totally taking different it in story. different Yeah, and it's it's nice that it's an Elseworlds so they can do cool and unique things with the story that don't yeah. completely disrupt they don't have to make a deal with mephisto to undo <laughs> yeah, all of it yeah. because continuity matters exactly. you know and so. they can do it with every character because yeah. now like they got renee montoya is going to be commissioner like yeah. you get you have all these other characters they can do it with this i don't know bruce wayne was a fugitive for a long time that is that's true. true that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> He was also a murderer? question mark yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the same story yeah yeah um no I, really liking this book it's a lot of fun i don't know how many parts are left to it but uh i can't see a lot going but it's, it's i think pretty the great. first one was like nine or ten issues that was like six no seven it was that long really it was at least nine oh, that's crazy i might be totally wrong now i feel like a liar somewhere between six to nine <laughs> um this is nice. three so i got a few more <laughs> jesus <laughs> um but yeah uh, i'm really enjoying this if you're a batman person i'd say grab the first one Batman yeah, you White can tell Knight. Sean Murphy is definitely a Batman fan. Yeah, he was like, I want to tell Batman a little bit different. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, I'm playing with my toys too. And I want to, <laughs> I want to tell a Batman story that hasn't really get told very often. Um, yeah, I, I, it's great. I'm loving it. Awesome. All right, Casey, what else you got? Uh, so I got Deadly Class number 40. Uh, oh I am not going to run you through 40 issues of Deadly Class. Thank um, you. Yeah. I was a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did such a great job running you guys through 98 <laughs> issues of Turtles. I'm probably going to do like, oh, well, actually, you need to know that this person. Yeah, I'm probably going to do you that too. You keep hitting those spots. You're like, oh, I should probably oh, go back 17 It's actually really important that you know that this person is a turtle. <laughs> That's how um, I give someone You're in a good spot where you can kind this of is, like, Well, this is the beginning of a story arc, so it's a little bit better. And, then, and there's been like so there was there's a whole first couple story arcs with like the freshman class and that's like kind of the main character and all like the supporting characters then main character boop dies or we think he dies and then new freshman class so they kind of have this like revolving door of like all the like the 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 freshmen are now all sophomores the ones that lived anyway and but we also have a bunch of (laughs) freshman faces too so it does a really good job of like jumping if you're not familiar deadly class is about a school that trains children to be to, assessed. To be assessed. Um, I like so to, the X Men. 
<laughs> well, actually, like, Remender was murder. like <laughs> Remender was was really strongly influenced by the Claremont uh, X Men, Claremont Burn oh, X Men stuff. Yeah. Um, but be, I be, basically like to tell people that it is the Breakfast Club meets uh, Battle Royale, um, because they they each have like there's like it's a lot of punk kids because um, like all like the orphans are kind of taken in off the streets and they're kind of like the punks and the rebels and the like you know and then there's a legacy character from each major crime family all around the world so there's like uh the yakuza there's the um the mexican cartel the um the KGB. bloods and the crypts the huh? KGB. kgb uh the uh kkk yeah, neo-nazis like there's like every single one and they all form cliques so like the, all the Mexican cartel kids kind of have their like Hispanic clique and then like the punks kind of band together and then you it's know. high school. It's high school. It's high school, but they all try to murder each other. So, so it's Twitter. So it's high school. <laughs> so it's, so it's high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> Twitter. So, so this, this new story arc opens up and um, Saya is one of the big main characters from the first, first, you know, 39 Most, issues yeah um, the series yeah but she, everyone thinks she died because she was kidnapped by her psychopathic brother who is mad that she's getting the birthright to be like the next leader of the yakuza so she has a tearful reunion with one of her best friends who they had a falling out you know because uh, you know in the uh, assassin guild school you all have to murder each other's best friends kind of thing quite um, frequently quite frequently so basically uh everyone thinks that Saya murdered marcus who was like the main character and then um Maria is Marcus's girlfriend. So Maria and Saya have this like tearful reunion where they kind of forgive each other and it's like it's it's kind of a beautiful thing. But immediately her brother jumps back in to tr- finish the job. Uh because he tried to murder her. Um and they're in a church also. <laughs> so that just makes it like a really cool like spot for like this like ninja like battle. battle. Yeah. Um but yeah she's going to the wrong churches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, she she has this like really cathartic um fight with her brother and finally murders. He's just like the biggest prick. Like they have spent like it's multiple not, like a whole story it's arc. It's not her brother. That it's, wasn't Kenji? It, no, it's her goons. Oh, his goons. Yeah, yeah, it's just his men. Yeah. He's not there. He's not that. Oh, I thought this was Kenji for a second. Yeah. He's, yeah, no, You're right. It's yeah, just so his goons. She, so she murders all the goons, which is still very cathartic. Yeah, um, sure. But then as this is all happening, the the head of the school, Mr. Mr. Lin, um Master Lin comes in. And uh, basically, he's like, "Yeah, you gotta murder Saya because she's a she's um, she's a traitor to a traitor to to the school." And um, basically, there's like a, an apprenticeship kind of thing that goes on in the schools where like like sophomores and and like junior seniors take on an apprentice. They take on a pledge um, in the freshman class, which is how Marcus. Yeah. In the first yeah. Time so Saya, Saya took Marcus as a pledge. Yes. And because she's like a like higher up in the, um, I think I think she's like a junior, right? Yeah, and she's like a legacy. So she's, she's a legacy. Some, yeah. Uh, so she takes in uh, yeah. an orphan. But um, but it, they have this conversation with Master Lin where he's like, Maria, kill Saya, and she's like, Well, I can't kill other students. And he's like, Well, she's not a student. She portrayed the school. And she's like, Well, if I make her my pledge, so and it's Master like Master Lin's like you. <laughs> <laughs> he's not tricky happy. tricky he was not happy yeah um so that was pretty cool so say is like back in the school in maybe, this like maybe but i mean like the, <laughs> Who knows? or they're gonna kill master lynn which would be great too but i don't see that happening someone wants um, to kill him yes um so then we go to helmet who is my favorite character i loved this three pages oh my god i i, I, 
love Helmut in general. Um, so he's this like East East Berlin because this is the, all takes place during the eighties. Um, so he's like Cold War era East Berlin, um, like uh, ch- child of of like the war of like you know post uh, World War Two politics. I'm not sure exactly. Like they're not Nazis, but I don't know like where they lie. I think they they technically have allegiance to the KGB. But they're not the KGB. Um, no, he hates the KGB. Yeah, he hates the KGB. But yeah. like, they're, they're under KGB rule. But I'm not yeah. sure what his family's like. Does he just throw pieces of Berlin Wall at people? <laughs> <laughs> well, he carries around a battle axe, and he's, he's a awesome. metalhead. He's awesome. Uh, he's so cool. Uh, like the very first introduction to the character is him killing ninjas with a battle axe. While first he recites the the, the prayer to Krom from Conan the Barbarian, and then he starts singing Iron Maiden. And I was like, I was like, I'm in love with this character. We, we need that guitar solo sound. <laughs> I might see if I can get someone to get us a uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like a little soundboard. Yeah, I want a soundboard so oh bad. My goodness. <laughs> it would work because I need to do it every. I just have to say helmet, and then you have to <laughs> every single time. It's like frabuka, and then the horse. Noise. That's how I felt last it, uh, last time with uh, the GI. I wanted the GI Joe. Oh yeah, <laughs> go Joe. Yeah. Um, but uh, so in, in the, the previous story arc, um, Helmet had fallen in love with like the goth girl uh, of the of the team. Her name is Petra, and um, she was murdered. Um, so he's seeking revenge. Like Brandy, right? Uh, Brandy, the Nazi. Yes, murdered one, her. One of the Nazis. one of the, oh, she's like the lead Nazi. Uh, she, yeah, she's she, like the catty like like blonde cheerleader. Like Southern Nazi. She's like the girl. mean girl Nazi. She is. She sucks. <laughs> she's the worst. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh she's the worst. Yes. Um, you're not wrong. Yeah. And but, this is they, she gets killed because they're trying to like rescue Mark. They find Marcus. Yes. And like just all these people just converge on them. And they're like, oh, guess we gotta go back to school now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So so this book's nuts. Yeah. This book is nuts. So Helmet is is basically basically like in her dying breath like promised to get revenge for her yeah. um but it, that starts with taking out her evil family because basically she's a goth because of all the trauma that her family put her through and the only thing that helman knows is that his her family runs a cult so he's like all right i'm gonna go kill that cult i don't care i'm gonna go kill her i'll go figure it out yeah i'll figure it out so he like like sneaks through oh the God. school and it's like <laughs> it's him like this giant massive hulking metal dude just like skulking around the school i like the little moment that they showed between like two of the guards that yeah. they don't normally talk and then the ones like oh yeah <laughs> they're like oh why won't he notice me why won't he talk to why me and it's like like, like two like two hooded two like, hooded figures that almost never speak <laughs> until they're like unless they're taking kids like like breaking them up they're like almost like hall monitors <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh that's kind of nice that's cute yeah um with, like little hearts drawn over yeah, it too. yeah um but yeah so he he like skulks out and then runs into uh, his friend uh, who's in the same class. God, the, what line did he have? Um, oh, so good. Oh, you're about as stealthy as a baby horse. <laughs> 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 He's like the like. Uh, suicidal tendencies, like like skater kid of the group, but he's Vietnamese, so he's like hates like American capitalists. So like they have that in common. They they yeah, yeah. <laughs> really hate American capitalism. It's awesome. Um, so they they run out to um, Helmet's van, which has you know like Conan painted on Classic the side because <laughs> of course no, he's also like a D nerd which i love um he's like just a stoner and a D nerd but happens to be an assassin um <laughs> so basically uh i can't remember this kid's name what the hell is his name it's like, um i think they call him like toss it's like his, his yeah is yeah what they call him. um so basically helmet's like i'm doing this and you're not coming with me and he's like you don't have a choice bud i'm here i'm like we're brothers i'm helping you he's like i can give you the i'm gonna come help you 
uh, no matter what speech, I have one ready, but I'm just going to get in your car and spare it anyway. I'm <laughs> yeah, just exactly. Come. Like, I'm just coming. Sure. All right. Um, so basically they have this conversation where he's like, I don't really know anything about this cult, but I just know it's bad. And then they get this like idyllic, like, n- like, uh, like suburban like church. And this is like cute. Like everyone's like dressed really nice. And it's all like, they're all very like, uh, what a beautiful day in the neighborhood kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and I knew something was up as soon as I cut to the panel and they're all going downstairs. I'm like, yeah. something, something's up here. Yeah, like, like the floor opens up and yeah, they have I'm to like, go underneath the like the Jesus vigil. And it's yeah, like, and mm, like, that's not good. Yeah, this is going to be and weird. They're like, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're all kind of speaking in like very culty language where it's just like, oh, hello, hello, brother. Hello. Yeah. You must be from the other patronage of yeah, like from yeah. the city. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you look like you're from the city, but they're also very accepting. They're very like yeah come on in. come on in yeah um and then they open up the shrine and they all start to like shred their clothes and they're just like uh, it's another orgy scene uh, i got the second book about an orgy guys sorry yeah but the people um, who open up uh there's three people with go <laughs> like baphomet goat mask type yeah. things and swords well, yeah, they brought that before the they before they say that there's like it's like it's like <laughs> Yeah. I can't even really say the stuff that they're no, saying. No, you really can't. You can't. Um, Redacted. It's it is gross. Like Yeah, it's it's gross. It's gross for me. I don't want to yeah. kink shame, but no. man. This is too far. Yeah. Well, yeah, then then like goat-headed Baphomet people come in with swords and start just like viscerating them in the middle of this like orgy. And Helmet's like, oh, we got to get the <laughs> hell up out of here. Yeah, now, now this is a party. Than... I'm glad I don't get involved. Yeah, there exactly. You go. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So so they managed to escape the um, the horny goat murder orgy. Um, <laughs> dude, it was It, was <laughs> it is intense. That's the name of my autobiography. Dude, it was crazy. Like the one, like the goat, one of the goat it's people that they end up the killing rails. was like, yes, give it to me. I want to die type of thing. I'm like, this yeah, is so bizarre. They're, they're, all, they're all like orgasming because they're being murdered and that's like the purpose of the cult and it's crazy and like i can't even begin to describe these couple pages of like like mayhem and murder um but but helmet and his friend managed to escape luckily and uh they're kind of like i don't know where the like the dad is but he wasn't there so we have to keep trying to find him and it turns out the dad was just kind of like like Glory, he was just glory. watching. He was just watching through like like holes in Jesus's eyes. Like a freaking <laughs> creep. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a painting of Jesus, and he's just kind of like oh, looking through. <laughs> the one dude, one kid's like, "Yo, I'm out. This is yeah, this, this is, is too nice." And then Helmet's like, "I'm staying. I'm gonna figure it out." Yeah. And then, and then so Helmet starts hitchhiking, hitchhiking yeah. and he jumps into the station wagon that is driven by the dad so that's definitely the dad that's definitely the dad okay you see him here you see him here it's the same guy yeah why well, it's not clear on who it is oh it totally is but it, well i didn't know that that face he makes he has this well, like, i don't know sh- who like, Pet- i know it's the same guy i didn't realize it was Pet- it was gonna be well Petra's in a flashback dad. they show her dad that's him uh maybe that's because i just haven't i've been trade reading it so i'm not <laughs> as okay that makes sense yeah that is definitely the dad um so he so like helmet is trapped yeah helmet is trapped with the the leader of this creepy like like Aleister Crowley on on like more acid yeah. kind of cult. <laughs> I was about to say, he was already on acid, <laughs> uh, but like like it was... bath salts. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the scary thing. Yeah, this um, might be one of the most insane issues of this book. And like, there's some crazy issues. Yeah, and this is this was nuts. Usually, I can talk about this book, yeah. and I can't even <laughs> right. with this one. <laughs> right. We did our best. Yeah, we tried. But yeah, it's really fun. It, you know, there's like five or six trades out already. If you you should uh, just hop in. Actually, oh, oh, there's good. eight. Good lord. Because I was reading it in trade until now. <laughs> uh, it's it's awesome. It is 100 percent all worth reading. It's yeah. so good. This is one of the first recommendations you uh, sent my way. 
Yeah, that's that's the start of a long storied friendship. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Highly recommended for sure. So, RJ, uh, get us out of this. I I mean, I guess I'll go. She (laughs) obliterated the runway. (laughs) Get 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 us us out out of here. here. (laughs) Abort, abort, abort. Pick up momentum molasses. All right. uh, So, my pick is New Mutants War Children by Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz or Sienkiewicz or however oh that just reminded me that um so chris claremont responded to our instagram and i just want to apologize to chris claremont if he actually listened to this episode <laughs> oh yeah uh mm. so um thank you for listening also i'm sorry <laughs> hey, you know he's been he's been around yeah he's been in comics exactly. for a long time he knows it he knows um, what it's all about <laughs> <laughs> so marvel have having hit 80 years started doing one shots of uh legacy creator teams so this is one of them clearly as chris Claremont and bill's run are is really legendary yeah legendary um so it's just a one shot it's, it's kind of unclear if it takes place during their run or if it takes place like right now, and it doesn't really matter. Either it takes way. place during the run. Okay, yeah, it, 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 but it could work them. either way because like there's a lot going on with like Doug, uh, Cipher, and like the then Warlock and the Technarchy and all that stuff happening in House of X and Powers of Ten and uh, and Blad and, and uh, Magic and Black Magic. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, it, it deals with it, it's it deals with a lot of stuff that like they were talking about mm-hmm. during their during their run. Yeah. Uh, so it begins with Warlock um, uh, going, th- kind of going through his whole thing with Magus and how he has to murder his father in order to ascend to the higher up position of the Technarchy. Mm-hmm. And he starts going a little crazy because of it and infects everything, like his room and kind of goes goes out into the woods and starts infecting everyone so they they have to go fight him and, and he, he basically says something to the effect of like i have to murder my friends so i yeah. have to escape so it's him so he's like struggling run- with that yeah he's like running away because he doesn't want to but he like since he's like panicking he's infecting everything around yeah. him yeah and it's got all the new mutants and kitty and a nice little lila cheney reference just in one panel. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. So they start fighting him, and he inf- ends up infecting magic. She turns into Dark Child. Cypher kind of just touches him, and through the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the, the art is so good. Uh, yeah, I, art, it's it's. Yeah. Easy to get distracted by the art yeah. in this. Um, I was so distracted. I literally have no idea what happened in this book. <laughs> it's uh, kind of yeah. It, the it's I, kind of hard to f- describe the plot because it's just them battling their friends. Because a lot of the book is about uh, bucking the chosen destiny trope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like magic is destined to be the like the the demon and like yeah. And, and um, warlock is destined to. To um, murder all his and friends. And who's, who's the the chick that's destined to to work for Hella? What's Danny her name? Moonstar. Yeah, Moon Moonstar is destined to to be Hella's like Valkyrie, basically. Yeah. Um, so they're all kind of like battling with this, like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be, but I'm not gonna do that because it would hurt exactly. my friends. Yeah, it's really nice, uh, just short 
uh, story about their their friendship, mm-hmm. and I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Through the power of friendship, they become Douglock. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the best. That's the the peak of of New Mutants like original run for me is is Doug Locke. But this, the, you know, this is just like a really quick little like foray into it. Um, I was talking to Adam about this and I, I think that Bill Sinkovich is like the Ralph Steadman of comics. Oh, absolutely. It's gonzo as hell. <laughs> um, I, I was uh, as I was reading this, I kept going like. This art is really familiar mm-hmm. and there's half my brain that went. Well, it looks like Ralph Steadman. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And then I keep reading and going, like, no, but this looks familiar. And then I realized, um, I, I think I mentioned this on our pilot episode. I got into comics through the 94 Fleer Ultra trading cards. <laughs> Bill Sienkiewicz did a ton yeah. of those cards. He has my, my favorite Wolverine card was him. He did uh, this one piece of cable that was just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hulk was one of his. So like, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I know this guy. <laughs> But yeah, it, it is. It's so. I thought you had read New Mutants, and this was going to be one of your picks, but I, I guess not. But no, I, I read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, had you read the the original run? Not as much. Okay, so that I thought you were a big fan. I, I don't know. I, I always like New Mutants when they okay. pop back up, but I, I don't, I don't think I ever got in on the ground floor of the original gotcha. run. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's really nice to see Sinkovich's art on the interiors again because he's basically he's such a big name now that he basically just does covers and like variants and stuff. So it's it's really cool to see him do like like sequential art again. It must have taken do... like a year to do. Oh yeah, I'm this sure. Is, there's so much detail. There's which very is... few pages I would not put up on a wall. Yeah, right, one hundred percent. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, you know, it, that's kind of the beauty of a one shot. You don't need to worry about deadlines. There's right. no like yeah. you know yeah. like it has to go before this thing because something can happen. It's like like, oh, it just kind of exists on its own in its own little realm. Yeah, there's like there's this whole page of of magic with like the horns and everything. It's just it's beautiful artwork. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't believe this was only four dollars. <laughs> yeah, F- uh, five dollars. I yeah. I love this team so much, and it just felt like a great throwback. This is some of best uh, Claremont's best stuff he's done in years. Yeah, Claremont did a really good job of kind of tying the visuals together. So, like, the visuals are so unhinged and all over the place. Yeah. And and Claremont's writing is very descriptive in general. Yes. Like, he kind of tells instead of shows a lot of the time, but that mm-hmm. kind of helped yeah. with this art because, like, you, you got to, you needed that grounding somewhere. Yeah, with, like, like the old school, like, like uh, Stanley and Kirby combo when, when Stan is just telling you what's happening in the panel. And Kirby is such a good visual storyteller. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, it's so redundant. You don't even have to look at the right. panels. You can just look at the pictures, and the story tells itself. That's just this golden one, silver age. Yeah, yeah, but like specifically that that team stands I, out as like you don't need to tell me what's happening in Kirby panels because Kirby's so good. But Sinkovich is so phenomenal, but not necessarily sequential. Right. It's very it's it, it's scattershot all over the place in a beautiful way. Uh, but grounding it with like that kind of dialogue is is brilliant. It, I, it works really well together. I always refer to it as porno dialogue. <laughs> where like the only dialogue you hear in a porno is what they're currently doing. <laughs> and like like we don't Man, we don't everything need, is very sexy today. <laughs> we don't need Spider Man <laughs> to say I'm swinging across these two buildings. Yeah, we can clearly see that. Yeah, but there are times where that comes in handy, like a book like this, where yes. it's really hard to stitch together what's going on. <laughs> I thought his pacing was really good. It is. I'm, yeah, I was really blown away by. It. Uh, how well this flowed. Yeah. I'm just going to stay quiet. 
I do not share this opinion, unfortunately, guys. (laughs) You didn't like it. Not really. I thought it was... Claremont is listening. I thought it was... (laughs) I I thought it was... Come on, man. Frantic (laughs) and scattered. I could not follow what was going on at all. Hmm. It was... There was too much... There seems to be a theme after Gwynpool. No, oh, like, hey, you didn't really get Gwenpool di- No, Gwenpool I liked. This, I, I didn't enjoy this at all. Ah. Have you, you read know anything the with them? Yeah, yeah, I know, I like, know, but I couldn't tell who they were with the art and the speech. They all look the same and they all sounded the same. Mm. It was very difficult to tell them apart because they all look, it, there's almost no distinguishing characteristics unless one's a dude. Well, and and, and nobody, nobody really looks the same in every panel because everything's changing so exactly. much because they're yeah. being assimilated with Warlock. Yeah. I, just, I mean, if yeah. you want to start pointing at random panels, I will gladly teach you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, as I was reading it, it just, well, they all were changing. Like you said, like they were, it was hard for me to file. I did not, it, it just, I thought there was too much going on in this book. I think they tried to cram it. Like it felt like they were like, here, if you want to read New Mutants, here's everything about all of them in one book. Mm. And it it felt like too much to me. It is definitely like their quintessential plots. Like, you know, like like we were right. saying with like, like Magic and Moonstar and... Um, and there's some cool panels, like the whole magic stuff, like her just the giant blue sword and stuff. Like that's all, like it looked cool, but like I just thought it was really hard and to follow. And in it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> she looked so good. She looked so good. Yeah. Yeah. She like totally needed to be in this book. That's kind of my point. If, <laughs> with Danny's a Valkyrie. Oh, right. Because that... Had anything to do with anything that it was did. going on in this book? We, no, it didn't. <laughs> just talking. That was my about point. Preordestined. Uh, it had nothing to destinies. do with. Yeah, but like she's just like nah, because she's struggling with it. <laughs> but like there was no reason for it to be in this kind. Con- like the, yeah, because no this sense. book is all about. Um, we talked both, about it. It's yeah, all I think about, you're both right. It yeah. is a recap of all the like yeah. key points to the new mutants. And that's why it felt disjointed to me because like it wasn't. Because they just kind of throw in that, like... So it felt like me catching you guys up on 98 Issues of Turtles. That's actually pretty accurate. That's how I felt reading New Mutants. Like, okay. like, I feel like so I'm missing a, a lot so here. So this is a good book if you've read New Mutants. I agree it with that. It is not a good introduction to New Mutants. That seems to be what's happening Yeah, here. this is not a jumping off. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like this is But it a was great... a fun ride. Like, I absolutely love uh, Bill's art. Oh, my God. I, I, I If I had uh, enough money, <laughs> I would get a commission of Bill, of, of, of Hella from Bill like it's the prettiest thing i've ever seen i love it i think i think what would be fun is to get a commission from bill of hunter thompson <laughs> and then a commission from ralph steadman of magic perfect i just get and then you him- have to tell who ralph steadman who magic is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just get bill to draw me Brightwind. just bright yeah sure you go <laughs> or I'll, I'll split the diff and go with wolverine <laughs> <laughs> the difference between a horse and a no a like man. you know a character he might be familiar oh, with yeah. <laughs> but uh so yeah so that brings us to our top stories um i'm thinking we should probably start off with harleen number one sure let's uh, do it. we could we could do the 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 full rundown of the plot of this but i feel like it would take an hour and well, a half because it's here's like seven thousand pages here's the deal with the full rundown on this plot are you familiar easy. with the origin of harley quinn then you know the plot. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, there's nothing new going on here with the plot. What is new is the details. And yeah. there are some very cool details right. added in. Like, like, like the nuances. Like of- she's a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> no, first she got stabbed and this, then she got brought back. Guy. Um, 
but yeah no so there's a lot going on with like we we kind of see the stockholm syndrome developing and like even before she meets the joker um she's has she has all these like recurring nightmares about him and it actually well, opens up with like well, the she nightmares. was a victim i know that was yeah. a cool little she ran into the it. joker on the street and he just pointed a gun at her and was like oh i'm gonna die yeah yeah, he's just like let her go. Yeah, she she has PTSD from a from chance that. encounter. Yeah, and she probably shouldn't have been analyzing him. Probably no, not even having been a victim like that. That's a big. She probably doesn't even know she has that well, PTSD. But well, she definitely she knows. Knows. Oh, she knows. She avoided yeah. talking to him yeah, until the like end of the book. Saved him yeah. for last. Well, yeah. She, yeah. Well, she was having nightmares, and she was like, was like, I. So her first thought was, "I'm not going to sleep." Yeah. It's like I'm just going to drink heavy. And then her next thought was, "Like, give me pills so I don't dream." And then she just started drinking. She's so, awesome. so Freddy so Krueger mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah basically, yeah. it's like I, I every time I sleep, I see he's like he's haunting me. So yeah. she's like, and then I think eventually, well, Harvey the- Dent was like, "Yo, leave it alone." Yeah, and she's like, you she, know what? How dare you, you tell me to leave it alone? I'm going to go do what I want, and just immediately start. She's also a social pariah. Yes. Like, so she's being slut shamed by all of her coworkers. Correct. No, so. it's hundred percent. Yeah. That, that one woman, like, yeah. like she was being really aggressive about wouldn't leave it alone. And I was yeah. like, I was like, what is your end game here? Yeah. Just to yell at this just woman? To, just to slut shame. Yeah. yeah. It's cause they she's went to, all like angry and pointing. Cause and, like, went to I'm college. not done with you yet. It's well, like, she's uh, <laughs> jealous cause they went to college together and she was still the top in her class. But and she thinks it's because she slept with a teacher. She's like, no, I just so she's convinced really that all like of her, teacher. all of yeah. her, like all of her uh, achievements are because she slept her way to the top. No, so she her, says, yeah. like, who'd you sleep with to get a job at Arkham? So like, does she have a picture of like Harley Quinn in costume going? She slept with the Joker and got that job too. <laughs> she will eventually. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed something interesting about Black Label. So there's plenty of language in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they do the the comic book bleeping out of the F word when it's in reference to sex. Oh, weird. Oh, that's interesting. Do they mm-hmm. not say the F word when they're just like, no, they say the F word throughout the book. Yeah, they but definitely when, did. when it's in reference to sex, it's censored. Huh? I didn't notice that. I thought that was, that, that was is, kind of weird. That is weird. That's interesting. Um, I didn't notice that. Cause what? like the, when she's talking to the, that gangster in that first, the first part and mm-hmm. or oh, not yeah. the gangster was like this guy with PTSD or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like a, soldier or something a soldier like or something yeah. but he's like dropping f-bombs left and right and then it's like oh who'd you who'd you F yeah who did to you get... bleep to get here and yeah. i was like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, she censored herself <laughs> yeah who did you, you bleep yeah. who did you ampersand plus <laughs> <laughs> i really um, liked i really like this version of harley and the joker because one the harley the joker's just like a pretty boy he's yeah a, i'm not a fan dreamy. of this joker personally <laughs> yeah i agree with that he's he's to some extent he kind of feels like i think the writing of the joker is great but i don't like pretty boy joker looks, yeah. Yeah. yeah but like it works for the story it works for the art it works it works, it it's, works not my, style, it's not my it's not my preference but yeah. it but there's it's hard to believe the stockholm syndrome thing if he looked like the way jim lee draws the joker i'm where he's start- like unhinged crazy oh, skeletal yeah. creepy you know? i'm starting to wonder if we're seeing the joker through harley's eyes that's what i was thinking like that's how that's what she sees as the joker but that he's actually sense. this yeah you know he, yeah. Jim may, lee. He, may, he may morph as she gets to know him and like well this falls so out of this I, what i think is really interesting yeah. with the with the recurring nightmares it's like a big theme throughout the book and i, I thought it was interesting that the book opens with the nightmare was different this time and then she yeah. saves him and then we go back 
and, and we see, see what well, how, well how the nightmares were before yeah and we see like this like and it is it's monstrous like the sharp teeth gnashing jaws like m- massive joker head about to like swallow her up yeah. with, you know and so like she does recognize the monster but then yeah when she when she has the sympathy for him he's all pretty <laughs> yeah i think that's like yeah almost like a glamorization like that it's not there's something about him and then he's just like this is look it feels like has. fan art yeah well yeah. He, we were talking about that evidently he is a fan artist according to rj oh yeah he used to draw well, i mean that's how yeah that's how yeah. he got popular yeah, he, well, he got famous on like Tumblr drawing like like fanfic. Because <laughs> I was gonna say this this feels like Tumblr fanfic. Yeah, <laughs> it one hundred percent is. Yeah, and, and but it's but it's well done. It's very it is well done. it is really well done. I I'm not sure if I'm crazy about this format. It's like extra big. It mm-hmm. is big. But that's, it's, been, that's been DC's thing with the, with most of the black label books, and it's it's a little annoying. But now that they have so many, it's like the third book in yeah. this format. So I'm like, okay, this actually warrants buying a magazine sized box. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's it, it's interesting though because it's magazine sized, but it seems like the art is just bigger like you're not fitting more content uh into... not, it's not like batman damned where he really used the this the light the layout really creatively yeah it's like someone just free transformed a regular size comic book <laughs> into this size like mm-hmm. it's not it's not using it's not really utilizing the space it doesn't really have to be this size yeah that's that's a fair uh, criticism i think and it's a pain in the ass to read i'm like sitting here like <laughs> no. i'm reading a newspaper i got my arms all the way out yeah i'm just trying to flip through it right now while we're talking about it and it's difficult um, i really liked it though yeah. I, mean, it, it I is... thought it was good i thought it was a good look into her like i yeah. more of a backstory like her more about her as a character. I think. Well, I really enjoyed how atmospheric the the book is. It's, yeah, the camera is locked on her, and she's just kind of in this world you already know, and stuff is happening around her, mm-hmm. and you're experiencing the the character go through it, as opposed to viewing her as just another. Uh, person in the masses of batman's world it, yeah it definitely gives her dimension that she's probably never had before yeah at least not that i've seen yeah yeah, yeah she's struggling she like is super excited to get this grant like she thought everyone yeah. was just blowing her off yeah and, and like, they, they keep mentioning all that stuff. they keep mentioning the road to hell is paved with good intentions yeah. that is like a recurring theme but it really like you really see her motivation into her her job you know her like effort to try and make the world a better place and how that's going to destroy yeah, her. It's, she gets this Wayne Foundation grant thing and then Harvey Dent's like, you can't just try to rehabilitate everyone because then everyone's just going to say they're crazy and we can't stop crime. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, there's like a whole thing going on with how like she's actually trying to do this. Yeah. One yeah, of the things Harvey's I love... one to talk, man. <laughs> yeah, well, right now, she pretty much tells him your double-sided coin just is like a farce and you're just full of it. And I'm yeah. like, this is kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I really enjoy about stories that start at the beginning of pre-established worlds is something like that meeting with with harvey you can just uh have one panel of her sitting down at a table with harvey and immediately there's tension because you yeah. already know there's he's two-faced eventually yeah, yeah. and it, she even it, says that she's like oh how ironic that within a month we'd both be murderers exactly yeah right, yeah <laughs> which is crazy that that like that's they're setting the pace for this and that's how that's how quickly these events are going to happen yes yeah well, I mean, we've already seen like it's, this. This one takes place over the course of weeks while she's conducting these interviews and and becoming unhinged just with her PTSD. Yeah, you know, so the, the the Stockholm syndrome has already done its job before she even meets him, and then she meets him, and you know, the, I I really like the very last panel 
where he's just like, call me, call me Jay. Okay, Mr. Yeah. J. Okay, Mr. J. Yeah. Mr. J. <laughs> I just liked her going through all the interviews of him and basically just saying like every time she watched a video, it's like, all right, you're full of crap. You're lying. That's full of crap. We're all full of crap. And then she like watched one. And it's like, oh, this dude's nuts. Oh, that's the like, real. That's the that's real, the real see, one. You, and the the like, one that I saw, the one that I was terrified same, of. Yeah, like there he is. You, see, you can kind of see behind the mask. So now she's got this like intrigue to to peek behind the mask, and that's where like the intrigue will like very quickly turn into love. Yeah. You know what that kind of reminded me of, Casey? You know that my um, my, la- my ex relationships. <laughs> no, no the 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 getting the catching the glimpse of the real Joker. Uh huh. Um, it's pretty much that courtroom scene with ted bundy when, oh yeah when he like pulls his arm away from the guard and for like a split second you see it you're like you, oh you there it see is. it yeah and it's like oh my god that's that's him yeah 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 like him talking to the judge with his like you know being all fancy is one thing but then like the oh this the mask slips yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i feel like that's kind of like the idea she's trying to get behind the mask she's yeah. trying to figure out what this dude's deal is yeah but but in doing so you know we know yeah. how that goes. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be <laughs> a good great. road for her. <laughs> so that, uh, that's Harley in issue one. Um, By that br- S- S- Stefan Sedgwick? Stefan Sedgwick. Yes. Probably. Something sure. Like that. <laughs> but yeah, look it up. It's, it's, it was a fun read. Like, yeah. um, I, for I'm some, not even a huge Harley fan, and I liked it. I, I, I kind of tend to hate Harley. Yeah. She's, um, you know, the more they make her DC's deadpool i get a little turned off i just i i'm weirded out by people who love harley yeah because like <laughs> what's well, the same like people that love the joker it's like i'm so crazy i love the joker and it's like your personality is centered around a fictional character calm down but but uh, with harley it's a little different because it's like it's like your personality is centered around a psychopath in an abusive relationship yeah the yeah the, the like especially the movie did that too the like the, yeah. the glorification of abuse yeah. is not cool man and like in the new 52 run and like and the rebirth run have done a really good job of kind of distancing her from that abuse and she's kind of like she gained autonomy it, yeah. yeah and it's it's, it's this like t- fighting back against the joker kind of like recurring plot but but in that same way if you always write her around the joker it's always about your abuse you right. know what i mean so um yeah yeah so it's never really been a book that i really gravitate towards because i eh, but it was a fun read for someone who's like slowly getting back into dc comics this mm-hmm. was kind of like a fun yeah. year one kind of yeah, yeah it, was, it was definitely good i liked it a lot because of that so that brings us back to our typical top story, <laughs> uh, Powers of Ten number five by our buddy Jonathan Hickman and art oh, by R.B. Silva. <laughs> this so you, one, holy crap. This, you get some more background on how Xavier's doing his weird voodoo stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we finally see Forge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so he teamed up with Forge to Forge make the Cerebo. Under the ocean or in an aquarium? A uh, holographic room. Got it. Or is he in Cerebro? Cerebro. From X-Men Red that no one likes. That made me throw that comic book across the room. As it should. Me too. But yeah, so... So yeah, so this this starts out with uh he's talking to Forge about making the Cerebro that would download the 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 anima of all yeah. the mutants across the world Pretty and have redundancies. Yeah. yeah, the 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 maker helmet that yep. he wears. Um, and there's a couple panels in here where he's like being smarmy and snarky to Forge, where he I'm just looks- like. 
evil. Like, he looks evil as you hell. You cannot. I'm sorry. I just like screamed <laughs> in the microphone. Yeah, he's he's a supervillain. Yeah, he looks. But like, a this is here. the like, oh my god! Like they really drew him. Yeah. Like, like I've yeah. I've known from the get go that he's he's definitely evil. But like this is like you're not even hiding it anymore. I, I was explaining to a coworker the other day how. Um, Xavier is a villain. Mm-hmm. Like, Xavier, you're talking about Professor X. And I was yeah. like, yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. Yeah, and and yeah, this is like really, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, but that, there's that one panel where he's smiling and he's got the angry eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's yeah, like for he's, sure. He's, he literally just says like, are, you know, only one question is, are you or are you not going to build it for me? And he's got this arched eyebrow that's like, oh god, like he looks like Lex Luthor. If yeah. you just isolated that panel. And didn't tell me what comic book it was from. I, you would not be able to convince me that's not the next page. There. I really was interested in, like when they talk about the logistics of what he's doing. It's like, well, as an IT person, I'm sure it's very interesting to you. The, the like the data redundancies of, of well, personalities. Well, that yeah. and just like the logistics of it. Like, so they're doing differential backups of every week. So it's just like uploading the new stuff that happened to you every week. Yeah. To keep it up to date, and then he's doing a. F- is that what we do? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Isn't that what social Welcome. media is? <laughs> and then he's like, and then it, once a year he does a full download of every mutant, and it takes him like three days to do it. Like that's crazy. I thought it was like once a month. It might even. No, might, it's it might once, once a year. Is it? But there's doing the the differentials mm-hmm. to like kind of update it throughout, so he has like a copy. He but also then, he also talks about replacing like your if own. like a. a, a it is possible for a telepathic operator to replace their own mind with the previous legacy version but in doing so is incredibly difficult and would most likely be (laughs) require a skilled and experienced operator charles xavier has done this twice yeah i was like (laughs) if that doesn't tell you abuse of power and then they keep talking about they don't know what's going to happen if they put someone else's brain in a different body. Yeah. That is definitely going to happen. That is definitely going to happen. It's something wacky. And also they keep talking about like um, the, the protocol when um, someone goes missing from Cerebro for a certain amount of time. And then like what happens when they bring someone back that isn't actually dead. I think that's also going to happen. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah. So who is (laughs) people that are just missing, not actually dead people that have been captured or like in a coma somewhere. Like, yeah. The real question is who, what body is Xavier putting himself into? Mm. Phantom X's. I mean, he's already stolen already Phantom X's. Yeah, he well, already no, stole Phantom X's like, when he was supposedly a hero. Yeah, does he just, does he just go apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. Does he just go nuts? So he, just put, he can put himself in anyone at Wolverine. this point. Yeah. Wolverine. That's all, like, he could put it... It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this off mic, but Wolverine totally has bone claws now, right? He has to have bone claws. <laughs> there would no be no way to pod people him without... Unless they... Explain yeah. it away with the reality warping person, but he should have bone claws. <laughs> <laughs> we, he has That's Proteus. <laughs> yeah, Proteus. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, but then I'm we there. get then we get to RJ's favorite yeah, part. We'll let RJ take this part. Yeah. This is maybe one of my favorite comics in the last ten years. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you just want me to? Yeah, yep, just go, go for it. it. Just take it. Just this t- tell us. You, tell us how it happened. <laughs> well, I mean, we come across Emma. Uh, 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 Goddess Nike statue <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Magneto and Xavier show up um, and they, they want, they talk to her about what their, their plan with the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. This is basically like, this is before her working with them. This is her, them convincing her to work together. Like, like yeah. she's not on board. Like 
she's really not on board no, with the Krakoa idea. And then, <laughs> it, yeah, not at all. And yeah. T- and then they bring her there. And she's like, all right. She, well, she's like, she's like, do you remember Genosha? Like, she's like very clearly like, yeah, I'm not like, going through this, this again. Like, oh, put idea. all mutants onto an island. That always works out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put them all in one place and put a big, giant target on them. Good job. Like, yeah. So she's, she's like really upset with the idea. And uh, as a survivor of genocide is, you would think would be upset yeah uh, yeah it's a survivor of two genocides is proposing uh you know to another survivor of genocide it's because <laughs> it's not all him man he's been potted up well i was talking about magneto i know me too <laughs> oh. i'm telling you xavier's messing with these people i i, I think so too i, I there's no way because like you said magneto wouldn't this seems like very something like yeah he's for the mutants for mutants but like the other stuff he's got to be like this is uh, I don't well know he's this. constantly wearing cerebro so like Xavier, Xavier. Yeah. So he he's could, there's no way. I mean, he he could very easily just be like, oh, you're you don't you're not going along with me. Boop, change your mind. And we've yeah. already seen that like he gets Emma in a previous issue to change the mind of the UN summit yeah. to vote on it, like to get them to uh, to abstain from voting. Um, you know, so yeah, he, they very easily could be doing that with other people. Exactly. Sure. I find it interesting that he's in the in the chair when he's talking to Forge, but when he was on the island with cypher he was walking yo that's that's oh. definitely means he put his own brain into somebody else's body you just you just figured it out or, he's already been hickman telling us that he's he was, in somebody else's or body. he was the first pod person yeah well he but somebody else's body well it could be him just without it could the, be him without before the, the accident exactly because if you re, if he got reborn as a pod person he wouldn't be reborn paralyzed he would have full fun so he probably pod but it would be the most well i mean we're talking about that with cyclops because cyclops only needs the visor because of a previous a head injury no no because of a head injury so like is he reborn as the most recent version of his body no because if you want if when they reborn cyclops they don't have the visor and then as soon as he puts his brain and he puts the visor back on because i think mentally he thinks he needs it it, oh so would xavier think he needs the the wheelchair and he just undid that in his own brain i think i think as soon as forge built cerebro and then they figured out they could pod people he just gave himself a new body i mean they did say he's already done it twice to himself boom that's what i'm saying that's probably one of the times i am now you guys have convinced me he is in somebody else's body for sure i think it's it's either phantom x's body or he he pod he was one of the first pod people to give him so he could walk around because clear he's been walking around this whole time (laughs) (laughs) that's a good probably mr sensitive from the ecstatics and then he clearly (laughs) went on on some shopping spree for where a bunch of outfits because he had a whole safari outfit when they got to to get a helmet and the the igmar bergman pants too (laughs) yeah just straight classic bad guy stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i really love this issue because uh we we've seen emma about three times now and um what when she appeared in house uh which like three i think it was three uh people messaged me because at this point almost everyone knows i love her (laughs) um and they're like did you like uh how emma was in house and i was like yeah it was really good to see her because i was nervous how she'd be in the series and you know i i was excited um but it uh i've always feel like when writers uh write her um the the like things that are like she's sassy and that she's a she's power like you know she plays up her uh powerfulness uh 
and the bitchiness um that those are like <laughs> the window dressings it's always really easy to read an issue and see the common traits of her like uh you know just how she acts being sassy and sexual yeah. and that so that and i like that part of her obviously because that is her that is the aesthetic yeah exactly <laughs> but it's not the soul like you're, you're waiting uh, but, for to see so like, this issue yeah. really proved why uh hickman is so great because he really got what i get out of the character and the the character that means the world to me which is her her core of being a protective mother essentially to these mutant children that she has no problem rolling in a bed of filth with Xavier and Magneto every uh to make sure that the children later don't have to yeah that especially because yeah in this point like Xavier asks her basically tells her that she's going to be working with her abuser yeah uh, with who she just murdered yeah with Sebastian Shaw um, who's alive in this whatever realm we're in now? Murdered um, or taken care of? I'm pretty sure he got hot, murdered. Yeah, pre- it, it was it was pretty. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and so like, but she's just like for them. Yeah. Like I for. But I like at the end. I like how she's like I just got rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah you're gonna do it, and then like yeah we'll give you two seats on our like presumed council. She's like I'm gonna need three. Yeah. She, and she <laughs> even says one more time then for the children. All right, I'm in. Like she she literally yeah. says that, like that's the most the- Emma line. Yeah. that i've heard in such a long time yeah. she she's a character like i like when she brings up genosha it really made me sad um because she's a character that takes the trauma with her her trauma of having seen her students massacred at least three or four times in her own arms has she takes that with her and it strengthens her it makes her when, every day she gets up and chooses to make better decisions trying to redeem a a life full of sin to to really try to make sure that these children have a future and she's failed so many times she takes that all with her it's all on the weight of her shoulders unlike xavier and magneto who have no problem brushing it off yeah yeah these are their their like child soldiers they're just like they're they're literally at this point literally disposable because they're pod people uh so he's literally just sending them to be massacred and he doesn't care whatsoever and xavier is like the you know uh magneto is more so like the ends justify the means i'm not happy to send them to their death but if that's what has to happen that's what the war demands you know and but she is definitely it very much comes across of like she is protecting she is she's going to take the bullets so they don't have to um and she's going to work with her mortal enemy and abuser so so yeah i like that she got a third seat though i feel like that is specifically to undermine shaw's power yes she leveraged her own like uh, security system against him and all of the the solicits for marauders is hinting that it's kitty yeah well kitty's oh, the red queen man. <laughs> yeah i love it yeah uh like the, like all the covers of marauder have like her and shaw on the cover like like playing with pawns and kitty is is one of them so it's I, like, I, I love kitty pride yeah oh kitty yeah Pride's she's one like of my favorites in my top three yeah same like, i love her <laughs> uh, but yeah so so moving on past past emma yeah, it cuts um, to Xavier putting out the call. 
to yes. the mutants. To, to the, the villains specifically. To the villains that we saw in House last issue, but then specifically oh. there's a conversation between him and Namor. Oh, it's so oh. good. Which Namor is just like, go have sex with yourself. Yeah, I just, yeah. I see through it. I know what this is. I know exactly line. why you're he, doing it. Not um, only that, but he's like, come back when you try harder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, like he's building this whole th- mutant utopia. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you're not, you're clearly full of bullcrap. Yeah, he yeah. says like, go away little man which, uh, and don't which come back makes, until you really mean it this this makes me think that he can see that xavier is false yeah that he is a different not maybe a different person or has uh fault has uh ulterior motives Mm -hmm. i think he can see through that well he has a line in here like talking about like oh you finally realize you're better everyone else and Namor's like do i do i strike you as someone who's just now realized how much better i am than everyone i love that one so much pretty much go away it's like yeah, you're still leagues beneath you me, are, pun intended. You are, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you're, oh, God. You're still in the minors. I'm, I, I'm, I've been running this show down here for a while. Like, yeah. c- come back to me when you, like, are, when you're When you actually about, believe that you you're actually, better than everybody else. Exactly, yeah. So peak Namor. <laughs> yeah, yes. it was so oh, good. Oh, so good. Yeah, Hickman then, really uh, understands these characters. And then He's more just an uh, super confusing failing stuff. And then that <laughs> yeah. was the rest of the issue. <laughs> I was so excited by the whole issue. And then I got to the failing stuff. I was like, I lost all steam. <laughs> yeah, I kind of yada yada my way through <laughs> well, that. pretty much, I think, is like, basically, like, they accepted him and the phalanx just absorbs life and then they, we move on. It's just more super intelligences yeah. going up. And that's uh, pretty much yeah, all. Yeah, it is very confusing. I, I, I've kind of resigned myself to not understanding the phalanx stuff until, at I the very need, least. Until I need to. Well, no, until like the, this, you know, you know how we mentioned like in the, the reading order, three of the issues are highlighted in red. The last issue of Powers, the last issue of the entire thing is highlighted in red. So I'm thinking that's where that's going to click or it'll just happen in his X-Men run. And I'm just resigning myself to not understanding or it until he wants me to. Understand. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll make it apparent. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff in like X, uh, not X-Men, uh, Avengers and in Fantastic Four and all that stuff where I'm just like, what? oh, you know, like it just takes a while. Um, yeah, the phalanx is definitely that because I'm just like, I don't think I know what's going on here. All right. So what's everyone looking forward to this week? Everything. Um, <laughs> every single book. Uh, everything. Yeah, there's a lot. Berserker Unbound is back. Oh, yeah. Actually, everything number two. I wasn't just trying Oh, everything. To, yeah. Oh, good. See I, I see what yeah. you did there. I'm clever. Um, That's you so got confusing. me. Oh, Dead Eyes is back. So Dead Eyes was a book. Now they're not being sued anymore. Yeah. It's a book <laughs> called Dead Rabbits. Um, but there's a bar in New York called Dead Rabbits. So they sued the image book uh, after two issues had come out. So they weren't allowed to use that title anymore. Wait. Uh, d- like... Does that bar make comic books? No. I think they have like a logo this, or something. They, they, yeah, I think it was just like a copyright dispute. It was That's dumb. stupid. Yeah. It was dumb. Yeah, it was very dumb. But um, but it, it's a really good book. I, I, I'm probably going to talk about it next week. I've already read it before. Is this a reprint it's of a the reprint. Dead Rabbit one? I believe it is. I'm going to read it to see okay, if it's any different. Check. But um, really, Vampire State Building is. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm going to read it. <laughs> we got died. I'm, I'm listening. I see <laughs> Ooh, you one, have me. There's one called uh, from Boom called Strange Sky over east berlin it looks like it's a basically cold war era like like pol- political thriller but a- aliens <laughs> uh, oh uh see if sure. stars see number four stars four is see out see which is stars, great. space bandits die number spider verse is back again i'm not sure why but sure, sure why not i'm gonna talk about marvel comics 1001 <laughs> i don't even care <laughs> you might uh, be Ghost Riders back. Yeah, uh, jo- Ghost Johnny Rider. Blaze. Johnny Blaze Ghost Riders specifically. Ooh. Yeah. Space Bandits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Contagion number one. I'm curious to see how Marvel Zombies again happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff. Oh, Lois Lane. Uh, that'll be my controversial pick for <laughs> next Perfect. week. Oh, good. Oh, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about God, sex, and politics. And Daredevil. There we go. Just give me some more gray hair. <laughs> we can have Daredevil. <laughs> maybe Daredevil's still uh, a womanizing uh, yeah. philanderer still, so maybe that'll help. That'll that'll br- bring me back to, yeah. to <laughs> solid ground. Maybe he's still breaking up marriages. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's this week's books after last week's books. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at last week's comics. If you like what you hear and you want more, please support our Patreon by going to duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, you'll help us keep the lights on. You'll also get a ton of extra stuff from other Dueling Genre podcasts. Um, and please support your local comic shop. Get out there, buy some comics, and we'll see you next week. For myself, Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>